Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is John DeVito with the John DeVito podcast. Uh, talking at lunchtime today, kind of an unexpected show. I wasn't planning to come on today at one o'clock at one uh, fifteen Eastern time, but I've been working all morning, just doing some stuff, and I needed a break, so I figured I could on and talk a little bit. We'll see if anybody joins. Um, you know, things here in Massachusetts are still status quo. Uh, the coronavirus, you know, the cases are mounting, the deaths are mounting, and it's, uh, you know, it's just uh, still happening um, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, it's kind of a rough thing to go through, but here I am. You know, I'm home still today. My wife is actually home today. As many of you know, she's a doctor, and she has Tuesdays off, so she is finally taking a day off and resting a little bit. She, uh, you know, she has been working nonstop. She worked uh, all last week, you know, every day, long hours, seeing multiple patients. And today, um, she's finally off. She was on call all weekend. And uh, that was hard because she took phone calls, you know, literally all weekend. And it's hard. I mean, she, you know, worked probably 60 hours last week. She comes home Friday night and the phone rings all night Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Saturday night as well. So, I mean, she can get phone calls at three o'clock in the morning and it makes it difficult for her because she just doesn't get a chance to sleep. And uh, then she goes right back to work on Monday morning. So it's like she had no weekend whatsoever. And she probably had, uh, I don't even know, 50, 60 phone calls over the weekend. And when she gets a phone call, she not only has to respond to the patient, but then has to put in notes and order meds and do a variety of different things so it's uh you know it's really kind of crazy it's hard for her so you know she's home today just kind of chilling out she went actually grocery shopping this morning and we've been um you know teaching the four kids or helping the four kids to homeschool Uh, i had a performance review for my job today which went well hey sally yc welcome please follow me and if you have any comments feel free to make them down below we're just kind of talking about you know current events, what's happening in the world right now, talking a little bit about my family. I'm in Massachusetts, right near the Boston area. And, um, you know, I've got four kids. We're trying to homeschool them. Need to welcome. Please, everybody that joins, follow me. I appreciate you coming in. Um, So, yeah, I'm just kind of talking about what's going on in my life. I mean, today, my wife's home. She's a doctor. She's dealing with uh, COVID patients and diagnosing COVID patients and doing all that. She worked all five days last week, probably about 60 hours, and then uh, was on call over the weekend. And she probably took 50 or 60 phone calls off over the weekend, which was you know, really tough for her. And um, she doesn't get any sleep, and then she goes right back to work on Monday. Luckily, she's got today off. She, she's upstairs chilling out. I've been doing my work, trying to help school my four children. I think both of you guys are new, so I've got four children. My oldest has autism, he's 17 years old, and the younger three are 15, 13, and 11. So I was never, you know, an incredibly great student in college, in high school. I went to college because I could play football, so I'm trying to homeschool my kids. And I see Kay DeVito entered, welcome. If you see Kay DeVito 13 down there, please follow her as well. She's a podcaster and she's very good. So follow me and follow her. But um, so today, you know, my, my daughter is home helping my other children homeschool. My wife's kind of chilling out a little bit. And we're still dealing with the with the uh, you know, coronavirus like everybody else. So hopefully everyone's being safe. 
hopefully you're out there wearing a mask hopefully out there you're doing your thing but being safe you know and i'd like to know you know for the people that are on right now where are you from are you in the u.s are you in another country you know how are you dealing with the coronavirus and uh, see my daughter's taking her test and listening kay devito 13 is uh, a co-host of mine quite a bit so she comes on and she has her own podcast as well but uh, we talk about a variety of different things like right now you know i'm just kind of talking about uh coronavirus what's happening and today something really scary happened to me you know i live in massachusetts i work for a company that's based in new york they're in long island and we had our director of operations get on today and he sent an email saying that his father-in-law passed away for you know from COVID-19 today now this isn't somebody I know but it still has touched somebody that I do know and uh yeah that really that's scary it's scary to see that I mean there are so many people that are you know dying and sick right now I haven't really looked at the stats so far today but it sounds like we're entering you know, the next two weeks are going to be moving us into the apex of this entire thing where, you know, the numbers are really going to start to grow. We're going to see the, the cases mounting if they haven't already. We're going to see deaths happening. And, you know, what's happening in New York City right now in the New York area is really scary where, you know, so many people, you know, are passing away. And I mean, New York City, if it was a country, I think would rank, rank uh, third or fourth worldwide in the number of cases and deaths so kind of crazy hey yuki welcome to the studio thanks for joining me i appreciate it and all of you please let me know um you know where you're located uh what's going on in your life what are you doing right now to pass the time and um you know what are you thinking about this whole scenario i talked quite a bit yesterday oh you're in the uk awesome now we're about in the uk i've never been to the uk I've traveled to France, I've been to Amsterdam, I've been to Germany. Okay, cool. Yeah, we're kind of talking right now with my family. We would like to take a family trip uh, next summer, not this upcoming summer, but the following summer, and maybe check out London and go to the UK. I've never been there. The trips I've taken to Europe, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I thought Paris was amazing. Uh, Germany, I went to Frankfurt. I was there with a friend, and I wouldn't say that I enjoyed Frankfurt as much. Kind of a big city. It was a little bit overwhelming and you know, it was okay, but we didn't find the people to be terribly friendly there. Amsterdam was a great city, absolutely beautiful. You know, we took a train ride through the mountains to get to Amsterdam, drove by all the, or kind of went by all the castles and things like that. And it was really something. And Amsterdam itself is a beautiful city. So, <laughs> oh no, my daughter, her computer crashed and she lost her test. I'm sorry, honey, that's terrible. Uh, we're gonna get that computer looked at. Yeah, that's one of the challenges right now with homeschooling for children or tech schooling for children. We uh, are all on computers. We don't have enough computers for the family and we're kind of all locked in here together. You know, we're a family that is pretty close, I think, and we generally get along pretty well. But when you have six people total trapped, you know, in a, in a house together, it gets a little old pretty quickly, you know, so I don't know. So, hey, for all you guys out there, if you're trapped inside and you're being quarantined, what are you going to do when this thing's all over? Are you going to get out and head to a bar? Are you going to go to a restaurant? You know, go out and see a sporting event? What's the first thing you're going to do? And I see I've got someone typing in here, and unfortunately, I cannot read what you're typing. Otherwise, I would gladly respond and translate. You know how us Americans are. We're all the same. We only speak English. In school, they don't really teach us foreign language until maybe high school. 
And most of the studies have shown that you kind of have to learn starting from an earlier age. So, you know, I was kind of embarrassed by that in France. I took I took French all through school and I went into Paris and I tried to speak French and it was, you know, I was pretty embarrassing. It was, I was a huge failure. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So anyway, I'm going to look up the stats. I'm kind of wondering what's happening right now with the numbers for coronavirus right now. I haven't really checked it out yet today. But one thing I talked about yesterday that really got me angry was I was doing research over the weekend on the origins of the coronavirus. And, you know, I, I know that everyone knows that it that it started in China. And there were people that said it was tied to a wet market in Wuhan, China. But, you know, when you look at it, you know, there were, there were I think, 60 people that were interviewed from that market in Wuhan, China, who said that they were not selling any bats, specifically that specific type of bat that caused the coronavirus. So there were apparently two biomedical companies or biotech companies within a very short distance of the wet market. And both of those facilities were testing this very specific type of bat. And this bat does not live I think they said somewhere in the, it's not even 300 kilo, uh, kilometers anywhere near this West wet market. So what they're guessing happened or what people are guessing happened was that a worker from one of these biotech firms probably went to the wet market for lunch and uh, went to you know grab lunch or do whatever. And that person either infected somebody or they infected, um, you know, some of the food. And that's where this thing originated from. So, you know, it really sucks. It, uh, you know, this thing started in China and what really is aggravating is the, you know, the government of China did not really, I guess, alert the world that this thing was happening. So, you know, pretty unfortunate that they, did, they were not more proactive, very unfortunate that, that they did not alert the world and try to help the world maybe prevent this from turning into a worldwide pandemic. So, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm just angry. I mean, I think personally China has blood on their hands. I think China should be held responsible for this entire thing. And I mean, there are a lot of people dying. I mean, right now I've got the worldwide record in front of me. Uh, worldwide right now, we're looking at 1,397,000 diagnosed cases of the coronavirus. There have now been just shy of 80,000 deaths worldwide, 79,513. And again, looking at the countries, of course, unfortunately, the country I live in, the United States, that hasn't, hasn't done really a great job of preventing this. The U.S. now has 385,000 diagnosed cases. We've got 1,356 new deaths, and we're looking at a total death count of 12,227. So unfortunately, we do. We, you know, right now we're very quickly becoming the world leader, unfortunately. I mean, we're still not leading in deaths. I mean, we're, we are now barely trailing um, Spain, which is 13,897 deaths. And then Italy, you know, with 17,127 deaths. And of course, now you, you, you look at these numbers, you know, the U.S. is reporting 18,000 new cases. You, oh, by the way, Miss Omita, follow Caitlin DeVito 13 or Kate DeVito 13. She's doing her own podcast now. Now she's reading some of the poetry that she does. She is reading some of the stories that she's written. And she did her first show last night and did a great job. And I was listening to some of her poetry. These were things I didn't even know she had written. And my God, my daughter's talented. She certainly did not get it from me. 
Um, I'm just uh, loud. <laughs> and uh, I think she got her brains from her mother. I don't think I know. So that's kind of the case. Yeah, Caitlin, I can help you upload that later. So anyway, get back in to what I'm talking about is, again, China is reporting 32 new cases. I mean, when you look at the top 10 countries, everyone is reporting over 3,000 cases. I mean, even out of Iran, you're looking at 2,000 new cases. You know, smaller countries like Belgium, 1,300 cases. Portugal, 700 cases. So China, you know, not only did they not notify the world as to what was going on, but in addition, they're not being honest now. They're not being honest now. And, you know, to me, it's a huge part of the problem. And all of you that are in here, hey, grab them. Welcome back. Everyone, please follow me and follow also Kate DeVito 13. She has a podcast as well where she's reading some of the stories that she's written and uh, reading some of the uh, poems that she's written. And I listened to her first podcast last night. It was really good. So please, I'll write it down below. Please follow Kay DeVito 13, her podcast as well. And she'll follow you back. And I also follow everybody back as well. So I want to break it into the U.S. numbers a little bit because that's where I'm from. Now, the thing that is just horrible, and I mentioned it earlier to some of the people that are in right now, I had my first experience with someone I know who passed from the coronavirus. And I shouldn't say I know them, but a guy that works for my company, he's our director of operations, a really good guy. And he um, wrote out to our company today that his father-in-law passed away. They live in Long Island, New York. <clears throat> our company is based in Ronkonkoma, if I can say that word correctly. But um, hey, grab him. <laughs> good to see you back. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really sad to hear that he had a relative that passed away. And it's just unfortunate. But you know, looking at the numbers, um, New York, 138,000 cases, 7,000 new cases, 731 new deaths, and 5,489 deaths in New York alone. The state I live in is kind of dropping down in the ratings a little bit, thank God for us. Massachusetts is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine now, uh, with 13,800 cases and 260 deaths. Of course, they haven't updated today, so we could be jumping back up in those rankings, unfortunately. But above Massachusetts, we've got Florida, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, California, a big state, you'd expect big numbers. Michigan is right below New York and New Jersey. And my boss actually works in Michigan. I was with him uh, with uh, him on the phone this morning. And, you know, he's the same as us. They're locking down, doing their thing. So anyway, we're talking today at lunch. We all know what's going on with the coronavirus. What are you all doing to keep yourselves busy? Richard, welcome. I don't think I've seen you before, so welcome to the group. <clears throat> I'm glad you all found me. As you see, I changed my logo. I was getting tired of the American flag. I love the American flag. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't want it to come across like this was a political you know, political podcast. So I just kind of changed it around a little bit because I want to go in different areas. But uh, Richard, you're new. So let me know, you know, where are you from? Uh, are you in the U.S.? Uh, oh, Caitlin's answering questions about Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, not that I know a ton about him, but I'm a big Stephen King fan. And I know that Edgar Allan Poe, was a hell of a writer and wrote a lot of kind of dark shit. So, Caitlin, I know you're into him. And uh, I guess I need to know more about that. Yeah, he really is, right? A very creepy guy. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to learn more about him because I you know, didn't really follow him too much. But I know he was a really dark guy. And I'm be, you know, I'm a big Stephen King fan, obviously, which is uh, you know a very dark guy. But I'll tell you, Stephen King, I've been following him on Twitter. And man, he's an asshole. <laughs> 
know, I don't know if anybody follows Stephen King on Twitter, but he is such just a dick on Twitter. He treats people really like shit. He is really arrogant. Um, and again, he, he's a Democrat. He's super arrogant about politics. And honestly, I don't love that. I mean, there are a lot of people that get on Twitter, and that's what they're there for, just to rant about politics. So, but to me, I was kind of disappointed. You know, he, he was the guy I always wanted to meet. But now when I see him on Twitter, he just seems like a douche, and I don't think I'd want to meet him. But um, so all of you in here, I got seven people that are still online. That's a pretty good number for me. Uh, 16 total have checked in today, which is, again, pretty good for me, for my show. Let me know what you're up to. You know, it's lunchtime in the U.S. anyway. What are you having for lunch? When you get done with this whole coronavirus thing, are you going to go out and drink? Are you going to hit a movie? Are you going to go, uh, I don't know, go see a show? What are you going to do? For me, I'm going to go to a baseball game. I love baseball. I can't wait for baseball to start again. My boys were outside today and they were hitting off the tee and I know they're getting anxious. And now when I say baseball, I shouldn't say just baseball because I, I love softball as well. One of my favorite pastimes was always getting out to watch my daughter, Caitlin, play softball. She was a heck of a player, good kid. I coached her for a few years and she turned out to be a good player despite me and all the bad things I taught her. <laughs> but I can't wait for baseball and softball to start. One thing that's kind of uh, exciting about my area is, you know, we're Boston Red Sox fans here. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, I think, aren't going to have a great season. They're kind of in a rebuilding phase. But the AAA team for the Red Sox is building a stadium about 20 minutes from my house right now. They used to be in Rhode Island, and they're now moving to uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. And I'm pretty pumped about you know getting that stadium done, and I'm going to be at a lot of those baseball games. That's going to be incredible to have uh, you know quality baseball right here near my house. I mean, we go to Red Sox games sometimes in Boston, but it's about a, you know it's about a I guess an hour and twenty minute drive, and you know the prices are super expensive. If you know if you guys haven't been to a game at Fenway Park, um, you know it's uh, it costs a fortune to go to a game. I have a family of six. And to bring all of us to a game is probably a thousand dollars with parking. And I mean, who the hell can afford that, right? Yes, uh, Caitlin DeVito is pretty great. I see that comment down below, Miss Omida. I agree with you 100. Uh, luckily, she also gets her amazing looks from her father. Um, she, of course, has the long blonde hair. I have no hair, but that uh, you know that's something that Caitlin brings to the table. <laughs> and I don't, uh, I don't put my face, like I said, in my profile picture. Because if I did, probably a lot of you would go running for the hills, afraid. But uh, I was on, I was listening to another podcast last night, and the guy threw out there a question: What's your favorite drink? What's your drink of choice? You know, when you go out to a bar, if you do that, you know, what do you drink? Um, I used to drink a lot in my twenties, not as much now. But I would say that for me, I would say <laughs> root beer. That's Caitlin. Yeah, mine too. I love root beer. That's the best soda in the world by far. But I would say. My favorite drink in a bar, Kool-Aid. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Well, I think a lot of people drink Kool-Aid, you know, are drinking the Kool-Aid also when it comes to some of the stories, especially the bullshit that China's spewing out there about the coronavirus. But back in the day, man, I was a guy that would do tequila shots. And uh, I don't know if I'd do one now. I'd probably drop dead after doing a few of those. But I guess I've developed an appreciation for some of the dark beer and the micro microbrews. I don't know if any of you guys are beer drinkers, but I'm pretty fortunate to live about 25 minutes away from Treehouse. They're a, uh, a brewery that started up in my area, and I think they were recently ranked the fourth best micro-brewed beer in the, in the world. And uh, I'll tell you, it's crazy the business they do. And it's kind of funny, the whole process. When you go there, 
they don't sell in stores at all. You have to go directly to their location. And when you go there, there's generally a, a line outside that literally wraps around the parking lot. You could stand in line for over an hour before you even get to the door. And then you have to fill out like a little card as to what you want. You go inside and you purchase your beer and they, you know, they give it to you and you pay for it. But the beers run, I think, somewhere in the ballpark of like eight to twelve dollars each. So when you go in there and you buy a case of beers, you know, you're looking at over a hundred bucks. So I mean, I'm not a beer drinker that uh, drinks it that often. So to go out and buy maybe a case of beer occasionally is good, man. But I'll tell you, I see some people. <laughs> uh, Big John gets the VIB to P treatment, never waits in the in the peasant line. No, unfortunately, I'm in the peasant line. I would love to be out there, you know, getting in quickly, but that doesn't work for me. I'm in the peasant line. A couple of my buddies get in that VIP line. You know, one of my buddies flies in in his helicopter, drops down, and uh, goes to the front of the line. But unfortunately, that's not me. Uh, this same guy also has uh, the VIP suites at uh, you know the the Boston Garden, so he actually had us come down and sit in the uh, corporate box for a basketball game. I don't get those kind of perks in my life. You know, I have to shop at Walmart. I have to shop at Target. And uh, my wife, you know, she uh, is the doctor, but she's uh, she's a cheapo. So I've been trying to get her to let me buy a car, like a kind of an old muscle car or something for the last couple of years. I'm definitely, uh, uh, you know, a car guy from the, I guess, 60s, 70s. I would love nothing more than to get like a Chevelle SS. But my wife has unfortunately put her foot down and said no to me. So I'm driving around my SUV, but that's better than when I had a minivan. At least I look like somewhat of a man now driving an SUV. But, uh, you know, even at this point, I'd settle for, I don't know, an, an older, you know, Corvette convertible, you know, Camaro, an older one. I don't like any of the newer cars. I know my daughter's been kind of, <laughs> my daughter's been kind of pushing towards a Jeep Wrangler. Um, so we're thinking about that for her in the future. And that'll be a way for us to get her to do all of our errands for us if we get her a car or help her buy a car. So let's see, you like the minivan. <laughs> we know it was funny. I got... I got the. Uh, do you have a, yeah, I had a, I had a job for a while where my company gave me uh, what the hell was it a Toyota Sienna minivan. It was really a nice vehicle, but I'm just not the minivan type. You know, <laughs> I prefer to be in an SUV or some type of truck or whatever. That's just more my style. I mean, the minivan was nice, but I kind of look funny in the in the minivan. Caitlin, did I not? So um, yeah, you know things here are going well. It's going to be another beautiful day in Massachusetts. I think we're looking at uh, 60 degrees or so today. We got some really good outdoor time yesterday. We were out playing baseball in our yard, and then we uh, oh yeah, the Land Rovers. One of our friends in town, they have a Land Rover. Those are pretty sweet. I could definitely drive one of those. I'd, <laughs> I'd look like a Shrek in a Barbie car. Are you talking about the Range? Yeah, thanks a lot. I love it when my daughter gets on and dumps on me. Thanks a lot. Remember. You have a podcast now, so when you're on yours, I'm going to get on and dump on you a little bit <laughs> and make fun of you. You know I can be annoying, so I'll just take it to a whole new level. But, uh, yeah, I love the Land Rovers. I love the Range Rovers. But those are another thing where my wife will look and shake her head no and say, no, no, we don't need that. So, you know, and there we go. Uh, while I'm doing my podcast, my son Ethan is throwing cereal at my daughter. Uh, tell Ethan that I spent like two hours helping mom by cleaning the house yesterday and you better pick the damn sailor up or I'm going to throw him out the window when I get out of this podcast. So anyway, but back to the happy family. See, this, this is like Facebook, you know, on the podcast, I can get on and say, you know, I've got this amazing wife. She's a doctor. You know, oh, we have the perfect life. My four wonderful children are all straight A students and 
the best kids on the you know the face of the earth and blah blah blah. But then you get someone poking in their line down the bottom. You know, someone someone's throwing cereal at somebody. You know, that's one of the reasons why I got off Facebook. I recently turned my Facebook account back on for like a week so I could start a uh, John DeVito uh, podcast Facebook page. So I did that, and then I got back off of Facebook. Now, for any of you guys that are still on social media, I guess I'm still on Instagram. I have a Twitter account that I use for work, uh, a new Facebook account that I use for work. But with Facebook, I just got tired of the crap. You know, for me, everyone gets on Facebook. They're all talking about how perfect their lives are, how wonderful their children are. I'm blessed. I'm this. I'm that. And then, you know, when you know these people in real life, you know that their lives are train wrecks, just like yours are. But they get on Facebook and they have to put forward that they have the perfect life, you know, my, my perfect family, my perfect this. And I don't know about you, but that whole thing got me anxious. You know, when I looked at everyone project, pro projecting their perfect lives out there and everybody, for me, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, no one's life is perfect. I mean, no one is immune to having bad things happen. You know, I like to remain positive in my life. And, you know, I, I feel bad for the kids today that have to grow up with social media. I mean, for me, when I was a kid, if I didn't get invited to a birthday party or I didn't get invited to go, the, go to the fair with my friends and a group of my friends went and didn't, and didn't include me, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that they left me out. But today, you know, if you get left out of a gathering or if you get left out of a birthday party or any type of, even, even as an adult, if you don't get invited to like the neighborhood cookout, you know, you're kind of like, what the fuck? You know, why, <laughs> why did I get excluded? And you feel bad. And honestly, a lot of times, I probably wouldn't have wanted to go anyway. But you just feel bad not being included. So for me, social media really became kind of a big negative for me. And uh, I've been on Facebook for, I'd say, almost like three weeks to a month now. And I can't see myself going back. You know, I don't miss it. I had some connections of people that... You know, I will miss, I guess, seeing some of their posts on a daily basis. But all in all, I got tired of the political fighting, the <laughs> the peacocking, the bullshit from people, and I guess the competitiveness. Like, I had certain friends where, you know, <laughs> look at me outside and they're posing in their front, front yard so you can see their giant house behind them. Or look at me on this beautiful day and they're leaning up against their Mercedes. It's like, you know, this picture isn't about you. This picture is about what you have. And uh, it's funny, you know, it just kind of cracks me up. So anyway, Facebook's kind of on my shit list. It's out. I'm still doing Instagram for the time. I don't mind Instagram as much where it's predominantly pictures. You know, I kind of like pictures. I'm a visual person. And there doesn't seem to be as much bragging, I guess, on Instagram. Of course, I don't follow all the teenagers who pose like half naked on Instagram all the time. There are a couple of teenagers that I've seen you know, come across my feed and I try not to follow any of the younger kids. I have a lot of kids follow me because I was a baseball coach in my town. And I don't follow any of them back, but it seems like a lot of the younger people, it's all about, you know, looking awesome, post, post, you know, posing in your bikini, whatever. And that's similar to like TikTok and all that stuff. So anyway, that's my soapbox about Facebook, Facebook. I mean, any of you, you're still here. Are you on Facebook? Do you like Facebook? Um, you know, what am I, I guess, missing? regarding it because the way I've been looking at it, it doesn't seem to bring that much to my life. So I'm done. You know, I'm gone. I'm not dealing with it. So, uh, hey, we were talking earlier about the coronavirus and what's going on in the world and in the country. If you haven't uh, you know, heard, the numbers, of course, are way up. 
and I don't know how it's possible that you haven't heard because <laughs> that's all anybody's talking about on any news media outlet, on any TV station. You turn it on, it's 24 hours of coronavirus every day. So it's kind of crazy. But how you all feeling? Are you guys feeling okay? Yes. How much is it up today, by the way? I saw it was up like 1600 yesterday because, quite frankly, you know, like I told a lot of you, I'm 52 years old and my wife and I's retirement's in, in, in the stock market and we were getting the shit kicked out of us. How much is it up today? Hopefully another huge jump because we're still down quite a bit, you know. But um, yeah, today I had my performance review with my job and it's kind of funny where I've been with this new company for about three months now. And as I said to one of my colleagues, you know, I wasn't too, too nervous about my uh, coronavirus, about my performance review, because I've only been here three months or whatever. So how can I, you know, screw up a job <laughs> in that short of time? But uh, deadless day in America. But at least the stock market's up. Yeah, you know, um, I th I saw a story this morning because they were talking the futures were up, and they were saying that I guess people are saying that they feel in the next week or two weeks this thing's going to peak, and then things are going to start to improve. And I think also last night Trump finally signed that uh, coronavirus bailout package so those may have been two of the things that uh spurred the market and coming back today but you know we were it was up 1600 points yesterday we're still down i think about 6,000 points depending on what happened today so you know i we're definitely going to see some fallout i mean even if companies companies are back and up and running on may 1st which i don't believe they will be but if they are i mean we're talking about a lot of businesses that have lost money, you know, that have fired people, that have laid people off. I mean, at some point that may happen with my company. Um, I had a, a text and a call from a good friend of mine last night, a guy I went to college with, and uh, hey, Juice Jones and Entered, I know Entered, you're with me, but Juice Jones, please follow me if you can. I will follow you back. But I had a friend that I've known since college last night. He took a new job back in December. He had been with a company for 12 years, and we're both in the education business. We both work for companies that sell curriculum to schools he actually sells furniture to schools he had been with a curriculum company so if you know if someone's going to renovate a science lab in a school that's his job he goes in and does that he got laid off last night after four months with this new company and uh, I feel bad you know he just moved to Florida with his wife and his wife was a fashion designer in New York City she had a really good job so she kind of gave that up and uh, wanted to move to Florida they had enough of the crappy weather up here in the Northeast so now she was looking for a job and now he has no job. So here they are trapped in Florida. And for him, this looked like a really good move. And unfortunately now, you know, because of the shutdown with the schools, most of the education companies don't have business coming in. So, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, my company, no orders are coming in. We're not shipping any orders, especially because our facility has been shut down due to the, to the uh, New York government ordering that. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping that, uh, that uh, things turn around quickly because again, you know, I, my family will be able to survive it, but you know, it'll be a, definitely a big cut in our in our salaries and it'll make things more difficult, especially with four kids in the house. So, hey, Aqib, welcome and please, everyone. I haven't given any cheers out. Here's some cheers from all the people joining me. Uh, if you're new, please let me know where you're from. Let me know what you like to chat about. I just want to do some lunchtime chatting and welcome again to another person that just popped in. And make sure all of you guys coming in, please follow me. I follow everybody back. And let me know if you're new in here, let me know what you want to chat about. We've been talking about the coronavirus. We've been talking about uh, world events. We've been talking about when you get out of these quarantines, what are you going to do first? You're going to go out and get drunk? Are you going to go out and see a movie? Are you going to 
you know, have a big party at your house, you know, what's the first thing you're going to do? You know, for me, again, right now I've been watching a lot of Netflix, watching a lot of movies. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen my follower Sinister Breed come in lately. He does podcasts on horror movies, and he had given us a recommendation to watch Scream the series. So my daughter and I have been binge-watching that. It's actually pretty good. I guess it was originally on MTV back in the early, uh, like, 2015 year or whatever. And we've been kind of watching that. It's been pretty good. But, um, so, you know, for us, we're just kind of hanging in there. I've got my four kids home with me today. My wife has the day off. She's a doctor. And I get to give her credit, you know, back when this whole thing started with the coronavirus, I thought the whole thing was overblown. I thought it was a conspiracy. I thought that... Um, it was overblown. I thought it was going to be just another case of the common flu. And as usual, my wife has proved me wrong. You know, it's typical in my marriage that I've uh, figured that most of the time my wife is right and I'm wrong. And if I go with that theory, then generally I'm right. So, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, unfortunate for me. But you know, I was wrong completely and unfortunate for everybody to see the number of people that have been, um, you know, affected by this. But I'm kind of looking at the local news right here on my iPad as I'm talking. It's kind of cool to see that in Massachusetts, anyway, there are going to be a couple of new rapid COVID-19 testing sites. They're going to be free to the public uh, going forward. There's going to be one up on the north shore of Boston, like north of Boston and Lowell, and another one out in Springfield at a place where my family generally goes to a big fair every year. So it's good to see that uh, things are getting better as far as the testing, and I think that's probably why we're seeing the numbers going up. But let's all you know, hope that these things continue to peak now and maybe start to slow down over the next you know month or so. Because I think it looks like we're going to be uh, in this thing pretty heavy for the next couple of weeks. But hopefully after that, we're going to start to see that bell curve maybe go down a little bit. And uh, we won't see maybe as many people being diagnosed and as many deaths, you know, totally. So, you know, for me, uh, I'm on here for the middle of the day today. I just wanted to stop working for a little bit. I've been on the computer all day, just uh, emailing customers, and I had a performance review earlier in the day. But um, you know, things all things here are all pretty good. You know, as I said yesterday, we we got some outdoor time. I'm hoping this afternoon before it's too late, we get to go out today. It's about 60 degrees in uh, Massachusetts, which is pretty warm for us at this time of year. Uh, we finally got a chance yesterday to go fishing with my boys, and you know, keep in mind where we live. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, so it's a very rural area without a lot of people so there's a pond near my house and we drove over to that yesterday and finally finally i caught a fish you know i'm one of those people that i'm uh, not much of an outdoorsman my boys wanted to fish this is the third time i think we've gone in the last week and finally i caught like a little small probably four inch long uh, sunfish but at least i felt somewhat like you know kind of i had a victory where i could at least show that i'm at least capable of catching some type of fish of course, when I had to take it off the hook, I had to use a glove because I didn't want to touch the fish. So that, I guess, kind of takes away the man card a little bit, you know? So I don't know. You know, things are crazy, um, but all in all, life is good. I think the way we all need to get through this is we really need to pull together as one. I'm hoping we're gonna see that as a country and maybe even as a world going forward, because I think, you know, in the US anyway, we've been a very divided place for quite some time. The last four years, I think we've had kind of like a political civil war going in this country. And again, it, it really goes back further than four years. I think you could see some of that 
during the Obama administration, maybe even back in the Bush administration. And I think, you know, as far as my memory goes, this type of thing started even in the Clinton era. So, hey, I see shots and thoughts entered my podcast. Welcome. Please follow me. And we actually threw out a question a little while ago, and maybe you can help with shots. What is your drink of choice? What, when you get out of this thing and you can head out to a bar, what are you going to be drinking first? You know, for me, I was always kind of a tequila guy. So I'd go out and do a shot of tequila, and that was kind of my my favorite drink of choice. I don't do that too much anymore, but with a name like Shots and Thoughts, you could probably help us out if you're still here as to what type of drink maybe uh, you know, maybe you're with. But anyway, you know, in, in this country, I think we are pulling together as a people right now. But what's hard is, you know, we're pulling together as people, but you still see the leaders of this country are still playing politics. And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of Joe Biden fans out there, but Biden is making this political with all of his tweets. He's blaming Trump. He's saying that a real leader would do this and not this. You know, in my opinion, this is a time where all of the leadership needs to pull together and have one constant message that we are going to beat this thing. And if anything, they need to do what they can to alleviate the panic amongst the American people. Because right now, people are panicking. And when your leadership is panicking, and when your leadership is divided, when your leadership is not pulling together and telling the people that everything is going to be okay, then the people also feel that, you know, we are in trouble and people panic. And that's not what you want to convey as a leader. You know, you see a lot of, a lot of different types of leaders. Welcome, Samantha. Uh, let me know what you want to talk about. Please feel free to text in the box. Let me know where you're from and what's going on in your world. But I think we, we need to see in the U.S. better leadership from all of our political leaders. And when I say that, that's Trump, that's Biden, that's Pelosi, that's Mitch McConnell. We need to pull together, unite this country, and stop inciting panic, stop being divisive. You know, oh, send me gifts. I would love some gifts, please. Oh, Samantha, there you are. I know who you are. When, when you first popped up, it was just a name, and now I see a picture. So I know it's you. Okay, welcome back, Samantha. How's it going? Hey, uh, Samantha, kind of bad news for my company. Our director of operations, my company's based in Ronkonkoma, New York. Our director of operations emailed the company today and his father-in-law passed away due to the coronavirus. So I, I still don't know anybody directly that's passed, but that was really sad. He's a great guy. Hey, Sri, how you doing? How are things going? How you feeling? Isn't that horrible? He wrote the email today and I wrote him a quick email. I mean, but you know, how do you convey your feelings in an email? I just told him you know, how sorry I am. And, you know, I told him I'd pray for him, which I have done. And um, it's it's just awful. So, you know, we haven't been touched directly. Um, my wife is home today. She is literally up in bed. She worked all five days last week as a doctor. Over the weekend, she was on call. And I think she took 50 to 60 phone calls over the weekend and got no sleep because people call her, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Luckily, in our house, we have an extra bedroom. So I call it my bachelor pad. Either A, when I'm in trouble, I sleep in the bachelor pad if I did something stupid, which let's face it, I'm a man, it happens more than more than it should. Or if she's on call, I can't take the phone calls all night. So I head down to my bachelor pad in our house and sleep there. The uh, previous 
uh, people that used to live in this house used it as an in-law apartment. We switched it to a home office, and that's where I'm doing my podcast from right now. Hey, Sri, uh, I am from Massachusetts, about an hour west of Boston. <laughs> yeah, she is a rock star, and she's been working her ass off. So today is her first day off in quite a while. So I'm kind of leading the kids in homeschooling, and I'm doing my job. I just took a break for this podcast. I needed to stop sending emails. But uh, so I figured I'd do a podcast for an hour or so just as a break. But um, yeah, she is a rock star, man. She, she kills it. You know, I'm really lucky to have her. And Sri, so you're from India. It looks like you want to call in. I'll accept your call. Hold on one sec. Let me tap on you. You can help me talk for a while. Let's see. Oop. What happened? I think you went away. You may have to call me back again. Try it again. I missed you, Sri. If you want to call again, hit the button. I was just a little too late, I think, clicking on that. But I'd be happy to have you on and... Make sure you're wearing headphones if you do call on. And if anybody else wants to call in, you know, Samantha, anybody, come on, call in. You know, I'd love to talk with you. And, you know, Samantha, I'd like to hear from you as to what's happening in Jersey. You know, if you don't want to call, just type in, you know, on the bottom and let me know what's happening. Um, I know New Jersey's been hit very hard. New Jersey is behind New York. I mean, New York's unfortunately leading, <laughs> leading the charge right now as far as the number of the coronavirus. But New Jersey's second right now in the country, and that's uh, it's scary, you know. Um, yeah, so you know things in the U.S. Uh, hey, Hendosa, I think I said it right. Welcome, and whoever hasn't followed me, please follow me. I will follow you, follow you back, and um, you know, please let me know where you're all from, what you'd like to talk about. You know, we're just chatting about general things. We've talked about you know the coronavirus. Obviously, that's the big elephant in the room uh, worldwide. You know, U.S whatever but we're also talking about other things we're talking about uh you know what's the first thing you're going to do when this whole quarantine is over are you going to head out and hit a bar are you going to go are you going to have a party at your house are you going to head out to a baseball game or a sporting event you know those are some of the things that i like to do so for me probably have a few beers probably go to a baseball game i'm hoping that my boys start playing baseball again soon because i know they're getting antsy i'm not sure if it's going to happen or not but uh you know, there's so many things that I just miss, even simple things like going to a movie or whatever. Let's see. Yeah. You know, and Sari, I was talking about it earlier. You know, I, I saw the numbers in India. It looks like India is doing a pretty good job keeping this thing in check. A lot better than the U.S. is doing. But quite frankly, you know, I'm kind of pissed off right now at China. I mean, I did some research over the weekend and, you know, I looked into the wet market. But it looks like this thing did not originate actually at the wet market. I mean, it may have indirectly, but there were two biotech companies located very close to the wet market. And those biotech companies were doing experiments on the same type of bats that caused COVID-19. Now, there were 60 people that went into this particular wet market and 59 of them, when they were interviewed, said that the wet market was not selling bats. So I guess what they're guessing is that... Uh, it wasn't the wet market, but maybe someone from one of these biotech companies went into the wet market to get lunch or something like that and then spread it amongst the people or infected the food. So, yeah, Samantha, you know, very, very interesting. And I'm not surprised either. But China's even said now that they're talking about relocating these businesses. But I mean, you know, my problem is, you know, mistakes happen. Accidents happen. They happen in the U.S. I get it. I mean, this obviously, I don't think it was intentional. I mean, maybe it was, but I don't think it was. But, uh, and you know, maybe they did. 
Maybe they did, Suri. I mean, we all know that the larger companies, the countries, are developing biological warfare. Of course they are. And again, I live in the U.S., and if there are people here in the U.S. that do not think that our country is doing that, of course we are. Of course we are. And China may have developed it. That could be what it is. Uh, I've heard that same rumor. And if that's the case, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know how things are in India, but in the U.S. those things happen. Of course they do. But for them, yeah, right? But for them not to let the world know, for them not to be honest, for them not to try to let the other countries know that, listen, this thing's out. You know, we made a mistake, if it was a mistake, but we made a mistake and we released this virus. This is going to become a pandemic. This is dangerous. But they didn't. They hit it. And even now, when you look at the statistics, they are not reporting hardly any new cases on a daily basis. China, I mean, the population of China is huge. It's bigger than the United States by a lot. And I know India has a, has a very dense population as well. But there's no doubt in my mind that China is responsible for this. There's no doubt in my mind that this started at the biotech companies and not the wet market. And in my opinion, China has blood on their hands. They did not alert the world. They did not do what they needed to do to protect people. And now what are we facing? I mean, obviously the deaths are the most important thing to look at. I mean, we're looking at almost 80,000 deaths worldwide. And you know, Sari, I, I actually saw that. I had a guy that called, called me from India um, maybe a week or so ago when I first started this podcast, and he had told me that same thing. He told me India had a complete lockdown, and he said he lived in a flat. And apparently in his flat, if he went outside and sat on the front steps of his building, he could risk being arrested. So, you know, that's pretty scary stuff. We don't have that here in the U.S., Maybe that's what we needed because I've seen people that despite the urging of social distancing, people are still throwing parties. People are still getting together socially. And I, I've seen people before I took my hiatus from Facebook, I saw people having block parties with bands where people were getting together and drinking beer and doing things like that. In, in the state of Florida right now, churches are still allowing people in to worship on weekends. So again, if you think about the church population, especially in Florida, my father-in-law lives in Florida. He's 72 years old. He's had heart problems. And in Florida, I mean, you have an elderly population. So you're having these elderly people in general get together and they're doing a good thing by going to church and they're worshiping, but they're getting together in large groups of people and they're most likely spreading the coronavirus amongst them. And I mean, even though younger people are now getting this disease and younger people are dying from this disease, still the highest percentages show that older people are in danger more than any other group. So it's just crazy, you know? It's just crazy. Right, 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 absolutely, you know? So my, you know, my father is 79 years old. He lives in New Hampshire and he's living by himself. He has dementia. And he's really struggling with his memory. And for me, I haven't brought any of my family members up to see him. I have four kids that would love to see him. Uh, I went up this weekend by myself because he needs to have somebody check on him. So I went up and I bought him some food. And we actually took a ride and got him out of the house a little bit. But we avoided people. I would not let him go into the store with me. 
and uh, you know, I wore a mask when I went into the store. But to be irresponsible right now, you know, trust me, I'm, I'm as social as anybody. I love being out. I love socializing with people. It drives my children crazy because I will talk to anybody, anybody at any given time. And if you see me coming, there's probably a chance we're going to have a 20-minute conversation. I just like to talk to people, you know. And let me scroll up a little bit. I've been kind of gabbing away here. I haven't been looking at some of the comments. I see that, Sari, you've been commenting quite a bit. Okay, you don't have enough hospital facilities. I see that comment you made a little while ago. You know, we have that same problem here in the Boston area. What they did where I live is I live in a very small town. We live about 20 minutes from Worcester, Massachusetts. If you don't know where that is, you can look at a map in Massachusetts. It's west of Boston. It's the second biggest city in Massachusetts. So we have a basketball arena there or a you know concert arena, whatever you want to call it. It's not huge, but it probably seats maybe 10,000 people. They have now turned that into a makeshift hospital. They have beds in that facility. They're bringing patients into that facility that have COVID-19, and that's where they're treating them. And you know, we're seeing things like that pop up everywhere. Now, I don't know if any of you saw this. For some of the people that have been on with me before, You've you know, probably heard me talk about this. New people, please follow me. I follow everybody back. I'm looking to build up my listenership, so follow me, and you'll definitely get a follow back. So I would really appreciate it. But uh, in New York City, I saw a video about a week ago, and this literally terrified me. And these are things we're seeing right now. You know, India, I know that you guys are being safe, which is great. In the U.S., I think we've got 350,000 diagnosed cases now of the coronavirus. New York and New York City have been hit the hardest. And we saw recently um, a hospital that was using a forklift to load dead bodies into a refrigerated 18-wheeler truck. I mean, that is what we're seeing. Here in Massachusetts, up near where my wife works, they are using an old hockey arena for a makeshift morgue for the bodies. So, you know, it's um, scary and just unprecedented stuff that we're seeing. Um, China's at fault. They screwed us. I mean, I'm happy to see um, one of my listeners a little while ago said the stock market in the U.S. was up today quite a bit. I haven't looked. I'm going to take a look at it, look at it right now. <clears throat> but I know the stock market was up like 1,600 points yesterday, which is great. But, I mean, my wife and I, you know, I'm 52. She's 45. Yes, I scored a younger woman. I'm very proud of myself and a younger doctor. But I see the stock market in the U.S. right now is up 365 points up to 23,000, which is good. But the stock market had, had been close to 29,000. So, you know, my wife and I have lost a small fortune. We've got four kids. Three of them are teenagers. My son, my oldest son, is going to be a senior in high school next year and looking at colleges in two years. My daughter's a freshman in high school, and we're going to be looking at her going to college in a few years also. So, you know, we've done all the right things, or we've tried to anyway. We set up accounts right when they were born. Literally within a month or two after my children being born, we set up 529 savings accounts. And, um, you know, we've been saving money monthly for a long time. However, <laughs> however, you know, if one of our kids gets into a Boston University or a Harvard and they really want to go there, we'll be lucky if we have one year's tuition. You know, dude, money can be, can be earned. No, you're absolutely right, my friend. I agree with you 100%. Money cannot be earned if we're not alive. And I think that's where the United States made a mistake. The United States is worrying a little bit too much about 
the economy and not worrying enough about stopping the coronavirus. So I get it completely. I'm with you 100%. You're right on that. Um, but you know, I even saw an instance with my wife. My wife, her CEO, is trying to open certain parts of their clinic back open for things like dentistry. And I mean, dentistry, we don't need dentists right now to be spreading the disease amongst their patients. I mean, you need to have critical people, you know, back. You need to have critical people working, but the people that are not critical, like my job, my job's not critical, so I'm home. You know, my company shut me down, I'm not traveling, and oh yeah, Sonia, you wouldn't believe it. My boss, now my, 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 my wife, when she came to this health clinic as a doctor, she has probably 80% of her patients followed her from her previous place. She's very well known in my area. And the reason why she's well known is, you know, my wife came from very humble beginnings. She was not rich. She grew up in a, you know, a tough town outside of Boston. She put herself through Boston University, got a degree in biology, and then it did a year of cancer research at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston while she was applying to medical school. She then finally got accepted into medical school and she financed the entire thing herself. Now, <laughs> I joke about this a lot. I played football. I could have never gone to medical school. I was quite frankly lucky to get my bachelor's degree. I drank my way through college and I was more at parties than I was at class and playing football and doing that type of thing. But. You know, for me, I, I got a full scholarship, so I got out of college with no debt. So I got out with zero. And when my wife graduated from medical school, she ended up owing, I think it was 300,000 American dollars. So, you know, that's quite a bit of money, obviously. So we have been paying that back since she got out. And we finally, this past year, paid off her loans. So now that we're out of debt with her loans, then we can start trying to help our kids go to college. So I'm going to be working until I'm like 90 and doing the John DeVito podcast to help uh, alleviate stress, I guess. But yeah, my, my wife's honestly awesome. And she she's the type of doctor that people come to her because she's a real person. She cares about people. You know, she isn't in it just for the money. I mean, she makes a good salary, but she isn't in it just for the money. She works for a community health center taking care of the underserved. She runs a Suboxone clinic looking to get people off of drugs and beating, you know, opioid addiction. So she does, yeah, she does a lot of good things. She really is. She's an awesome person. I'm super lucky to have met her. And, uh, you know, every now and then she'll admit that on that February night where she met me 22 years ago, she sometimes admits that she's not happy that she didn't stay home and wash her hair instead of, you know, coming out to meet me. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Occasionally she admits I was a good decision. But, uh, no, no, hey, no doubt about that. I'm not one of those guys that like to dump on his wife. You know, we're like everybody else. We have fights. We have times we don't get along. You know, she. we have times where she drives me crazy, and I'm sure I drive her crazy plenty because I can be a royal pain in the ass. But uh, I know no doubt about it. I'm very fortunate. She's a good person. She makes a difference in the world every day. And, you know, her boss literally yelled at her a couple of weeks ago because she was saying, and her colleague was saying, that maybe it wasn't safe to open some of the non-essential parts of the clinic, like dentistry, he yelled at her and told her, if you don't like it here, just quit. Now, this is a person, she's a leader, you know, a good person, and to have her boss treat her like that was just unheard of. And just, yeah, absolute dick. She came home, she was pissed, and you know, <laughs> I'm kind of the old Italian guy, I would have liked to have gone in and beat the shit out of him, but my wife can handle herself, so I, you know, no need to get on that road. But what's kind of funny is, and this is going to be huge if it happens. 
but my wife and her colleague, another woman, uh, they have been very quietly recruited by one of the competing hospitals and they both want to go. So they're going to get like a signing bonus. They're both going to move over. They're going to be given their own clinic where they can run the clinic themselves. And if the two of these women leave this particular particular clinic, that's like Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. It's going to be huge. They will literally take all of their patients with them. And this guy's going to be back with his thumb up his ass, wondering how to get the numbers up because they these two ladies bring in the numbers. They see patients. They have a huge retention rate of people that you know constantly come back to the practice and it's primarily because of them because they're both very good at what they do so you know for this guy to yell and tell my wife to quit at this point you know she's a class act but <laughs> in her mind when she sit with me when we're watching netflix at night she's like fuck him i'll just leave and i'll take my patience with me because yeah, you're right. It does. It does. But she she's doing the right thing right now where I think she'd like to leave now. But as she said, I don't want to leave my patients. It wouldn't be professional for me to leave in the middle of this thing and leave my patients out to dry. So you know, she's been getting emails from nurses and people that she works with telling her what an amazing leader she's been. And you know, her boss, he's the CEO. I get it because I'm a business guy. He has to worry about the dollars and cents. He has to worry about the money. He has to pay the employees he's trying not to furlough people so as i've said to her you know even though he's being a dick he's stressed he is worried about you know having to fire people and make sure he's trying to make sure this health clinic is going to survive so you have to think of that but regardless he's not being a good leader as i talked about earlier a good leader is somebody that doesn't increase the panic within your organization a leader needs to let people know that you're going to be okay and you know as a country and as a world i've got some people you know hey sorry if you're going to leave that's cool man i'd love to having you please follow me and come back okay i get you can't stay forever so i really appreciate you being here if you're still here come back again sometime and join me i'd love to have you and next time try to call in okay it didn't work out today but i'd love to have you in okay so thanks for joining but um you know as a leader i think that you need to really make people feel better about things and you know here right now that's you know kind of where we are as a country and as a world and for all of us we need to pull together and you know i think all of us you know we are going to get through this i mean we're, i think unfortunately we're all going to know people that either caught this disease or unfortunately passed from this disease and you know hopefully this will be something that we all remember and if it happens again during our lifetime hopefully the world in our country will react better than they have. I think you know that the US could have done a better job responding to this entire thing and people are blaming Trump, maybe it was his fault, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. You know, he did call it a hoax. He didn't take it seriously. I am a Trump guy, but you know, he he did do some things wrong. But I think part of it is, you know, it's 2020. You know, when's the last time a pandemic hit? Early 1900s. I think we we've gotten into the mindset where You know, that's something that happened 100 years ago. That won't happen now. You know, we're modern, we're 2020. You know, our our medical uh, community is better than it's ever been. If anything comes up like a pandemic, we'll be able to stop it or prevent it. And I think we've proven that uh, you know, that it's not true. That it's not true. Hey, I see that someone else entered. Please follow me everybody. Follow, follow, follow and I follow you back. But um, 
you know, it's been hard. I mean, I've been trapped in my house for three weeks now, and I love my kids, but I'm (laughs) sick of seeing them, quite frankly. My kids were all yelling at each other yesterday. Uh, My oldest son insulted my daughter, then my daughter punched him. And honestly, he deserved to be punched after what he said to her. Uh, My younger two are fighting all the time. And, you know, there's just a a lot of that going on right now in our house. And I'm sure everyone feels the way. When you're trapped in with everybody, it's hard not to, you know, to feel that you're trapped with these people and not to be, you know, feel, get, get aggravated by the people you're in with. And Caitlin, I saw that you just joined me. I was just talking about how you punched your brother last night and how he absolutely deserved it. I didn't tell anybody what he said. But uh, I said that we've all been on each other's nerves and your brother was being an ass last night. And you gave him like a Mike Tyson double cross punch to the back. And he uh, retaliated up to his room quickly. So you very quickly showed your your big brother who was boss, right? Oh, I know, it is. I mean, all in all, I think we're doing okay. We're kind of fortunate, fortunate, Sonia, where we, you know, we have a decent sized house. And we're set back in the woods where we live. So we have a big... (laughs) <laughs> this whole media you're right he is the boxer but caitlin kicked his ass <laughs> and honestly my wife and i were sitting there and after the insult that he threw her way we we just watched her punch him and we're like you know what screw him he deserved it and she had every right to punch him because he was being an asshole so she uh she gave him a couple of roundhouses and uh yeah he took off that's how, that's how we roll in the devito house violence solves all issues so with my younger two, <laughs> with, with my younger two, if they fight, you know, it's all good. Now, you know, that actually reminded me of a fun, very funny story. Bear with me. You guys are going to love this. Now, I was away for work last summer. I was gone for a week. I don't remember even remember where I was. And this is classic. You know, we live in a big neighborhood. So we, a lot of times, will have quite a few kids that come over and play in the backyard. You know, we have four kids and neighborhood, neighborhood kids come over. They play wiffle ball. We have an above ground pool. So they swim in our pool and play basketball and do all kinds of stuff kids do. So I was gone for work. And usually it's me that kind of supervises these things because I work remotely out of my house and my wife is out to work. So I'll be in my office working. If I hear screaming, I'll go out and yell at them and tell them to knock it off. And sometimes I'm outside with them. So we had a group of probably 12 to 15 boys in the backyard one day. I was gone and my wife was inside doing work, trying to catch up on her notes it wasn't really checking on him because things weren't noisy and it all appeared to be good. So that night, <laughs> that night, I called my family and I'm speaking to my son and I'm like, so how are things going? Is, are you guys being good for mom, whatever? And my son goes, well, yeah, but I got into a fight in the backyard today and I kicked the crap out of the neighbor. And I said, what? What, what happened? And he told me, yeah, I got into a fight and I kicked the crap out of the neighbor. And I'm like, well, what did mom do? Did she see you? She's like, he's like, oh, mom didn't know. Like, what do you mean mom didn't know? So I speak to him and it gets better. So this kid who's like a year older than him was picking on him for quite a while, was giving him a hard time. And this kid's kind of a loud mouth, you know. Most of the kids were older that were in my backyard. So my son was the youngest out of everybody. And there was this one kid that was one year older than him. And I guess the kid was mouthing off at my son. Now my son, if you remember, he's the youngest of four. He's been a wrestler. You know, he's a tough kid. So the kid challenged my son to a fight and told him he was going to kick his ass. So at that point, my my son just looked at him and said, yeah, bring it on. So the kid, one of the kids went up to his house and got two sets of boxing gloves, brought them back to my backyard. This entire time, my wife is working in the house, oblivious. They formed a circle 
in my backyard around the two of them. They had three rounds, and apparently my son scored a third-round technical knockout when he punched the kid in the nose and made him cry. The kid went down to his knees, started crying, and ran home. So again, exactly, right? Now, Caitlin, did you see it? Were you here when that happened? Because we had the fight club. We had uh, Brad Pitt wasn't here. Edward Norton wasn't here. But we had Brandon DeVito. And he decked the kid right in the nose. And apparently the next day in school, the kid had like a big nose bandage on. So I don't know if he broke his nose or what happened. But, you know, I finally called my wife, you know, that night. And I'm like, hey, so how are things going? She's like, oh, pretty good. There were a bunch of boys over today. I'm like, uh, did you hear about the fight club that happened in the backyard? She's like, what? <laughs> so I told her the whole story. I'm like, how did you miss that we had like boxing matches in the backyard? But uh, it was kind of funny. My kid, uh, my son punched the other kid in the nose. And, you know, the kid deserved it. He got what he deserved. He's a loud mouth and kind of decked him, which was kind of funny, you know. <laughs> so it says he came to, oh, so he came to you at summer camp and asked if you were Brandon's sister. Yeah, my daughter was a camp counselor last year. So now he's scared of Brandon. <laughs> well, you know, you know how it is, everybody, right? I'm sure you've all dealt with it. When you have bullies in life, bullies will pick on the weak. They will pick on the people that they think they can pick on until someone stands up and either pops them or whatever. And I think one of the reasons why we have so much bullying in society today is that the bullied are not allowed to stand up for, stand up for themselves anymore. I mean, when I was a kid, right? You know, Miss Omita, right? When I was a kid, you know, if someone bullied you, your father would tell you, your mother would tell you, you know, go knock them out. Go give them a rap in the mouth. You know, tell them that they're not going to bully you anymore and end it. And, you know, generally it worked. And back in the day, too, even if you got into a fight in school, and there was a kid bullying you and you popped a kid in the mouth, I mean, you wouldn't get like a three-day suspension in elementary school. You would, you know, maybe get, you know, they call your house and tell your parents you got into a fight. But, you know, it's just it's just kind of different, you know. Uh, <laughs> so Matt hasn't spoken to you all day. Well, you know, you beat the shit out of Matt last night. I think you scared him. And trust me, you were mad at me and mom when you came back downstairs. But we laid into Matt. We told him what he said to you was mean. We told him it was not the right. I mean, we laid into him and he felt bad. He really did. So hopefully at some point you guys will be able to patch this thing up. I mean, you know, Matt, you know, my oldest has autism. He has challenges, sometimes doesn't say the right thing. I think he knew exactly what he was saying to you last night and he hurt your feelings. And I don't think, I don't think he intended, I don't think he thought that he could hurt your feelings like he did. So uh, I think he'll probably apologize to you. So Anyway, Zezmerelda, I like that name. Welcome to our little group. I haven't done a cheer in a while. Let me cheer. So Zezmerelda, we're talking about all different types of things. You know, I've got eight people in here. Throw some categories out at me, everybody. Let me know what you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, Caitlin, you want to come in? Sure, come on in and join me. I could use you to talk to you a little bit. We're going to welcome in my daughter, Caitlin, in a little bit. She's walking over from the other side of the house. And uh, I may make her sit six feet away from me, though. I don't want to catch the COVID virus. <laughs> Just kidding, Caitlin. But, uh, yeah, all you guys that are on here, pitch in. Let, let me know where you're from. Let me know. Hey, what's up, man? Good to have you back. How are you? I guess you missed me, huh? You couldn't leave for too long? <laughs> hey, you know, I've never been to India. But I had uh, some friends in my neighborhood that uh, traveled to India for work. And they said the population is just crazy, how many people you have in India. But uh, sounds like it's a good place, you know? So, oh, you will be there. Where, where are you at now? Hey, here's Caitlin. She's back. You back and joining me, Caitlin? 
Yeah. You know what we got to do? We've got eight people still on live with us right now. Let's give yourself a little plug also. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, know, you know what you guys need to do also? If you're following me today, which I hope you're all following, <laughs> make sure you follow my daughter. She has, has a podcast. There it is right down, right there. Kate DeVito 13. Caitlin is an author. Okay. <laughs> She's written two books on Wattpad. Okay, the second one isn't finished. What's up? But it's it's getting there, right? Getting how do you spell Phoenix? P E P H O E. I always mess that up. I do too. <laughs> so I always flip them. I now, did it first. I could change it. I okay, it so <laughs> on here on Podbean, she's Kate DeVito thirteen. On Wattpad, she is Phoenix thirteen thirteen. Oh, Phoenix Bird thirteen thirteen. Let me change that. Damn it. Oh man, I'm telling you, that's why your mother's the brains of this operation. Phoenix, oh, I've got these fat fingers and I can't <laughs> type either. So Phoenix Bird 13. Fat fingers and little keys is a bad combination. Ooh, my favorite author. All right, there it is. So for my daughter Caitlin, shameless plug, shameless fo follow plug. her on Peapod, uh, on uh, Podbean, not Peapod, Peapod, on Podbean at Caitlin 13. <laughs> or follow her on Wattpad at Phoenix Bird 1313. She's written a bunch of poems. And her podcast is she gets on and reads some of the scary stories she's written and some of the poetry that she's written. And, you know, she's a little secret, secretive about her work, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But last night I actually got onto her podcast. I didn't listening. even know. Yeah, you didn't even know I was there. <laughs> I was know. listening to the poems that she was reading off. Man, they were good. I mean, they were solid good, you know. And not, not, not that I doubted that you have talent, but... It's not no. like a 15-year-old's writing. It's ready, more like a 25-year-old's writing. For this. Yeah, go ahead. So most of them, most of the poems were for Mr. I'm not going to say, class last year in eighth grade, my English teacher. Okay. And um, they were for a poem contest. Sonia, you're lucky you corrected that apostrophe. My daughter is a grammar, oh a grammar Nazi, no, I, I so be careful. I would have corrected it. She would have corrected you. She's no. one of those people that corrects punctuation and all that I stuff. I wouldn't correct people on here, just you. <laughs> all right, just me. So you're lucky. She corrects me all the time. I want to, you know, okay. I want to sick her brother on her. So, all right, go ahead. Excuse me. Anyway, um, so they're for a poem contest, which we had poem of the month every month, obviously. And um, I didn't win a single one of them. You didn't win any with those poems? I don't think he liked me. How could you not win with those poems? <laughs> That's exactly what I was wondering. I mean, they, they were very, very, very good. <laughs> I mean, I thought that I had at least pulled in one for the win. Hey, beautiful inside now. Thank you very much. I really appreciate oh, that. Oh, I love that. Thank you very, very much. Well, look at her, too. She's pretty. I mean, we have... She's honest right. to God, I said, She's beautiful. Look, look at the pictures that are up here. I have the most beautiful audience in the world. It's pretty true. I mean, look, look at these ladies coming in, how beautiful they are. Now, are these really all your pictures that you posted, <laughs> you know? Because for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a picture of, like, Bradley Cooper or Matthew McConaughey. Well, not Matthew McConaughey. No, he's, I don't like He's that. such an ass with those new commercials. No. Does anybody like those Matthew McConaughey commercials with him driving the Lincoln? He seems like the biggest douche in those commercials, you know? Am I, am I wrong? So, Catfish. <laughs> Catfish. Let's see. I mean, the DeVito, she didn't like you. She definitely... Right, you know? Now, who, who's the teacher? No, they're not going to listen to this. Who I guess that's true. Mr. Bronson. So, Mr. Bronson. What, what an ass. Really? Yeah, I feel like he really didn't like me. Wow. Hey, Rishi Raj. Welcome back, my friend. Good to see you. So, uh... <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to do. Yo, that's... It was funny. Missile Media. 
when I put these new podcast photos on last night, I thought about putting the middle finger up. That's a terrible decision. <laughs> I know, but that would have been not good. I would have scared people away. Very kind of funny, though. Yeah, it would have been funny. That's what I thought. But I wanted to do something. I got rid of the American flag. Because oh, yeah, I, I didn't want it to be like a political show. Best you know? podcast. <laughs> so as far as you're concerned. See, I like your dad already. Your dad sounds like a good guy. You know? All right, so t- talk a little bit more about, you know, why don't you tell everybody? Because, I mean, we gave them your... I mean, I could probably read a poem. Yeah, yeah, you guys want to have Caitlin read a quick poem? How would that be? She's got some poems right here. And we'll just have her read one. Yeah, that'd be great. She's very talented. All right, let me find one. Okay, if I was good, I'll just chat in the meantime. But as we talked about, you know, Wattpad, download that on your phone as an app. Phoenix Bird 1313. Look for the misfits and the choosing. And, uh, you know, good book. She has her poetry on there as well. And you can follow her here at KDeVito13. And listen to her podcast. Did you find one? Yeah, I found All right, one. Caitlin has one, so let me turn it over to her. Go ahead, Caitlin. So this one was actually not for one of the poem contests. So, but uh, this one is called Stuck. So I'm. Just Hold on one sec. Let me uh, turn my music off here. Oh, okay. I've got my awesome background music. That oh I yeah, like. I've been I'm gonna turn it. Okay, go ahead. So, right. so this it. one's called Stuck. Stuck between a rock and a hard place, waiting for my legs to give out, waiting to lose my grip, waiting for an avalanche. They laugh and scream as they point. They wait as they have been for a while, ignorant to the pain they cause me, ignorant to the selflessness I exert for them, ignorant to how I gave myself until there is nothing left to give. But still, they try to take. They wait for me to let go. They wait for me to give in. They wait for me to ask for their help so they can indebt me. They wait. They will be waiting for a long time, I promise myself. I will not give them gratification. I tighten my grip. My fingers ache. My legs start to slip. No way out. I am stuck, but I won't give in to them. I close my eyes. They won't control me. I'd rather die. We can help you, I hear them say. They will only chain me to my misfortunes. I do not answer. I can't hold on. My fingers start to slip. What is she doing, they question out loud. My right hand dangles over the pit below. She's not begging for our help. My left foot is useless. She's supposed to beg for our help. I'm down to three fingers. She's supposed to owe us. A smile plasters over my face. They start to worry. She can't die. I open my eyes with the last bit of strength I have. I speak. I've been dead for a while. I let myself fall. I'm no longer stuck. Not bad. What do you guys think of that, huh? I mean, maybe I'm impartial, but, uh, you know, how about a little clap there? Maybe a little cheer? Oh, my goodness. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hate all these other noises. I'm going to do the uh, this because it annoys me. Uh-oh. Oh, I hate that. Anyway, I don't know why I keep doing that. But anyway, no, Caitlin, I mean, that actually, when you read that yesterday, I heard you read that on your show, I thought it was excellent. A very, very, very good poem. And it's one of those ones that makes you think a little bit. And you're getting a lot of love on the board right there. Yeah, so yeah if you want to hear more of those, follow her at KDeVito13. She'll follow you all back, whoever follows her. And uh, I definitely encourage you to go to Wattpad and check out her check out her stories. I actually tried to write on Wattpad. Oh, my God, I remember and, that. And, you know, I, it was funny. I got into this thing, and I was writing. And then I realized very quickly that I suck as a writer. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not that bad, but, you know, I didn't plan it out. I didn't know where I was going I with it. Well, I, I think I need to plan because well. I didn't know what to do. I got to a certain point, and I'm like, all right, what do I, I do know, next? I know a lot of people plan it out like really, really. I well. think I'd have to. I like to plan out like where I want to be in the beginning, where I want right. to be in the middle, where I want to be the end, and then let it flow because I find out when I have it planned, I don't write as well. Right. Hey, some of the people that are here, I, I don't know if I've asked you this before. I've got some of my regulars here. You know, Miss Omita, what do you do for a job? Samantha, same thing. Esri, what do you do for a job? And I don't know who the other few are that are on, but I'd like to hear. You know what you do for work. Um, you know what, what type of jobs do you have? I'm just kind of curious as to what you do. You know what what are your families like? Are you married, Samantha? I know you're a little bit lo- younger. Do you have a boyfriend? You know, Saria, are you married? 
just tell me a little bit about yourself so I know a little bit more about each of you. And uh, I just kind of like to, you know, know a little bit more about my my uh, podcast friends here. But, um, yeah, today, you know, it's uh, 2.30 Eastern time. We've been talking about a lot of stuff here and talking about, obviously, the big elephant in the room or the gorilla in the room. The gorilla. The coronavirus. Wasn't that beautiful, Thank Sonia? You, Sonia? Yeah, that was great. You're welcome. Yeah. I'll let you spell it right. She did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Your, your name's kind of a tough one. I guess I we, just I just never correct it because I like it's like there's so many ways. Well, I'm the same way too. My name, you know, John J O N, and then Devito D I V I T O. Oh, I know. Most people spell John J O H N, and then thanks to Danny Devito D E V I T O. So people spell both of my names wrong. Hey Peter, I don't remember seeing you oh before. God. Welcome. We're gonna give you a clap and a cheer. And you know, people think it's please so enter. Funny. Or please follow me, Peter, and let me know where you're from. People think it's so funny when they say Dorito. Like, haha, you're hilarious. Look at Samantha, rock star herself. She's a nursing student. And Miss Omita is. Well, works at an oral surgeon. Oh, okay. That, That's that, awesome. See now, you must have some feelings on that, Miss Omita, because I was telling you that my wife's boss wanted to open up the dentistry. And she was pretty upset That's about so that. Dangerous. Right. So I like to hear what you think of that. Samantha now, Samantha, rock star. I love that. Awesome. My mother was a nurse. So my mother was a registered nurse. And for a couple of years, when I was younger, as she got older, she actually had, a, unfortunately, a terminal disease. She had muscular dystrophy, which kind of took away some of her independence and made it difficult for her to work in hospitals. But she worked in a nursing home later on as the nurse on the floor and got me a job working in that nursing home. So I got to work with my mother for a couple of years, and uh, I had kind of the nasty job of being an orderly. I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than having to clean up an adult man after he soiled his bed. I had to do that many times. But I think probably still from working in, in a nursing home, the thing that still made me laugh the most is, believe it or not, now some of the people in medicine probably realize this is the case. Every day I had to fill out the BM chart. Oh. And yeah, the BM chart was the bowel movement chart. I'm familiar. <laughs> yeah, so you're familiar with that. So I had to fill that out. So literally, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I had to go and be like, all right, uh, Jack from room, room 202 did one small one. And, you know, I don't know. It was just kind of feel, felt weird filling that out. Yes, but. I, I'm familiar. I have to. <laughs> I had to fill it out for myself at the hospital. Oh, I lovely. Yeah, don't, don't you love that? I had to yeah. fill it out for a lot of patients. But well, I also had to, they also had to fill out what I ate and all of that. It was... Let me tell you all a good story about the nursing home. You guys will like this, I think. There was one guy in particular that I'll never forget. His name was Jim. Jim Huber was his name. He passed away, you know, many years ago. I was probably maybe 16 when I worked there. And he was 42 years old. And he was a guy that graduated from Tufts University. He was a very smart guy, you know, very well-spoken, intelligent guy. He was very, very picky in the nursing home, though. So nobody really wanted to, nobody really wanted to work with him or take care of him. All right. So you know, I finally volunteered because if you had him, <clears throat> you would get less patients for the day, but it would generally take you four hours to take care of him. Four hours. Yeah. When it would take it maybe thirty minutes to an hour to take care of the typical person. Oh, he was very, very particular. So I took him a couple of days. And realized that I really liked him. He was very particular. But then when I when I started listening to him, you know, <clears throat> 42 year old guy, he was educated. And the thing that broke my heart more than anything is when he developed what he had, which was multiple sclerosis. His family just kind of disowned him. Oh. His family stopped coming to visit him. 
for the course of a year, he had no visitors. The man had nobody. And I remember that part of that four hours wasn't just taking care of him, but it was sitting and talking to him. And I really, genuinely liked the man. And it, it really broke my heart. So I remember, I think it was right around the 4th of July one year, um, I got approval from the nursing home to take him out myself. So taking him out was very difficult. You know, you had to, he had, he had to wear like a chest vest where you tied him into the wheelchair. You know, he had the catheters. He had all different types of contraptions. You know, he couldn't feed himself, so I'm that sure had to be done. To if you went to the bathroom, you had to change him and all that stuff. But I took him to my parents' house. My parents' house in New Hampshire, they had an in-ground swimming pool. So my parents had a cookout that day, and I drove him to my parents' house. And we spent the afternoon out by the pool. We cooked him a steak dinner. And we just had a wonderful afternoon with him. And, you know, it, it was a lot of effort getting him there, trust me. And it was, I really had to take care of him. And it's, it's a lot of work. But for the next two years, all he did was talk about that. Aww. And, you know, I remember, this is a tough one. But I remember one night I went to see him on Christmas Eve. And he cried because he talked about how he had no one. And so I went in who was my, with my girlfriend at the time. And we went in to see him on Christmas Eve. And we spent a couple of hours with him on Christmas Eve. And I remember that meant so much to him. But what broke my heart was you had this poor guy that was young in the prime of his life and he contracted this horrible disease. You know, how, how can a family, how, can you, do how that? can you disown him? How can you do that? You know, I mean, it broke my heart. And still to this day, now I'm 10 years older than he was when I met him. And I still think about him. And I still think about, you know, hopefully what it meant to him. You know, at the time, I don't even think I realized it. I was just trying to be a nice kid, doing doing a nice thing for this guy I felt bad for. But thinking back upon it now, I mean, I'm hoping it meant, it meant something to him. And I think it probably meant more to him than we even realized doing these small things. I'm awesome. Oh, you know, I would like to argue with you, but you are correct. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. As you can see, I don't lack confidence. But no. You know, uh, so humble, too. <laughs> so humble, you know. By the way, I'm extremely handsome. Well, I used to be handsome. Now I'm just bald and I look like Shrek. <laughs> It's tough getting old. Life kicks the shit out of you. But you know, honestly, you're, you're making fun of me for looking like Shrek, my dear daughter. But you know, when I got married, I had a full head of hair. <laughs> I was handsome. I was working out at the gym. I had muscles. Now I've got four kids. I've got no hair. I've gained weight. It's all your fault. Okay. This is stress. I'll Look at it. me, it's stress. <laughs> yeah, you know, Samantha, right on. You know, and I'm having a hard time right now my father, as I've talked about, has dementia. Yeah. He's 79 years old. He's still living at home. I am the uh, executor of his will. I have power of attorney. So I could take him and place him in an assisted living facility or a nursing home. And I won't do it. He does not want to be in a facility like that. And I don't blame him. Who does? So we have him at home. We have, um, you know, we have uh, visiting angels coming into our house. And... You know, we are trying to keep him at, at home for as long as possible. So it's hard, though. I went to see him on Sunday, and he, uh, you know, he his memory's just gone. He, he forgets things. He'll tell you the same thing five times over over the span of ten minutes. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's really hard. He was a really, you know, really competent guy up until he had a stroke a couple of years ago, and that brought on the dementia. But uh, it's hard. You know, it's hard to see your parents get older. But, damn it, you know, you took care of your kid. You, your parents took care of you when you were a kid. You owe it to them to try to take care of them to the best of your ability. And honestly, it shouldn't even be about owing it. It's family. 
you, know, you, you only, should want to. You should want to. You only get one family, you know? And, um, you know, as my parents used to say to me, and trust me, you know, I'm not Facebooking it and pretending like my parents were perfect, our family's perfect. We have problems with everybody else. <laughs> Believe me, you know, I told a nice story about how I helped the guy with MS. I could tell you 10 stories about me being an asshole also. So, you know, I'm not doing the Facebook thing. And where, obviously, look we at me. About me and Matt having a fight club right. last night. Look <laughs> at me. My kids have straight A's. My son's going to be an Olympic champion. I have a 10,000 square foot mansion. My life is perfect. No, my life is not perfect. <laughs> my daughter's not. life is not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Facebook is full of shit. That's why I'm off of it. Anyway, I'm going off the rant. I apologize, as I sometimes do, you know, but um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it, it bothers me when I see people not taking care of family. And as, as I was going to say, my parents always told me, you only get one family. And your family, for the most part, are going to be the only people that will tell you the truth and will truthfully care about your well-being. You know, you're going to have friends. You're going to have best friends. But who hasn't been... And you're going to have fake friends. Who hasn't been disappointed by friends? I know you have. <laughs> I got three hands in the air. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin has had a rough go of it with some of her friends. They've turned out to be absolute assholes. What do you think most of the poems are about? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I had it too. I, I had a good friend once. This guy, Dave. We used, to, we used to play story. baseball together. And he ended up stealing my wallet. I didn't even have that much much money. I had like 80 bucks in my wallet, which I guess back in the day was a lot for me to have any. Still kind of still a lot. Is, I guess, I know. <laughs> with four bucks. kids, I don't have any money. I had like 80 bucks. But he stole my wallet and then pretended that he found it outside on the ground at the pizza place we had gone to. So he put on this big fucking story about, oh yeah, someone must have stole your money. My wallet was there too. Yeah, it was crap, you know? Yeah, you know, they do suck, Sonia. Caitlin's oh, had yeah. some friends that have been really mean to her. We're not going to get into specifics. No. <laughs> but she's had some asshole friends. She really has. I'm no stranger. No, she's no stranger. But everyone's dealt with that. Ladies, how about you? you know, and ladies, I've got some ladies on here right now. I'd like to hear from all of you. And maybe I'll even let Caitlin talk. I've said this over and over again. Women are smarter than men. Women. You're more organized than men. Damn it. I'm wondering why you haven't taken over the damn world already. Men are morons. It's you know, and you can't get along. You can't get along. Women, what is up? Why can you not get along with each other? Why do you rip other women apart? I don't understand. And I'm pounding my desk right now because I feel so strongly about this. You know, I see it. That's one thing men have. Maybe we're too simple and stupid where we can just get along. No, but it's just kind of funny. Like, women, man, you rip each other apart. Brandon, you know? Brandon and Blake got into a giant fight and Blake got them, like, blocked off of Xbox. We couldn't even play. And then five minutes later, they're best friends again. Oh, yeah. I've, I've done that with my friends over the years. We get into huge fights. And sometimes I even got into a fist fight with one of my friends on a golf course. And we were, we were drinking beer 20 minutes later. See, I'm not that kind of a woman. But let me tell you, I've seen women do horrible things to one, one another. That's awesome that you're not. I mean, we need, but, like, no, one. Have, have, you, have you had it done to you, though? Because even if you're not that type of a woman, because I know my wife tries not to be that type of woman, but she has women try to treat her like shit, you know? Oh, yeah, like, even, like, um, one of them didn't invite her to her birthday party that had all of her friends on there. She was really hurt. Oh, yeah. And that was recently. Yeah, well, you know, even just that. I mean, that, yeah, how about, you know, how about, uh, I don't want to be too specific. I don't think we have any family members on. But one member of the family who married very close into our family did not invite her to be in the wedding. I know. And didn't even invite her to the bachelorette party. It's terrible. And, you know, it's just like, wow. You know, let's see. Men are much more easygoing. I guess we are in a way. You know, men will just fight it out. We'll call each other a name. You know, women are just better at, like, 
emotionally torturing each other for like three decades. Like, why do we have to be so petty about it? You I'd know? rather just punch a girl in the face than have to be over the Oh, next look day. at that name. Emily. Emily, welcome. And I don't mean to put you on the spot coming right in. Let me give you a cheer. And the reason why I'm putting you on now, if Brandon had been a girl, yes. like we thought, Brandon was going to be Emily. Brandon's name was going to be We Emily. never had our Emily, so that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. You're right. Men will throw down, and then it's over, you know? But let me tell you I a funny story. Let me tell you a funny story about our fourth Brandon being born, oh, and the name Brandon. Emily kind of ties oh, into this. Oh, great. Here we go. And this, and this revolves around Caitlin. <laughs> okay, now, you ready for this? You guys are really going to dig this story. I'm not. This is really funny. I, boy, it was funny. It was funny. So, as you know, I've mentioned it 10 billion times. My wife's a doctor. When she was pregnant with our fourth, who is now Brandon, she did an ultrasound on herself. Now, keep in mind, she's a doctor. She has new ultrasounds. So she did it, and she was 100% confident we were having a girl. All right? So I was pretty jacked. I already had two boys. I I had a daughter. (laughs) Caitlin wanted a little sister. So I was pretty pumped. I wanted another girl, and my daughter was pumped, and we were all happy. So we decided that the moment of the big day, we kept Caitlin out of daycare. And we brought her to the doctor's office with us so she could experience the good news firsthand. Okay, now we took two separate cars because I was bringing Caitlin to daycare afterwards and my wife had to go off to work. So we arrived in the doctor's office, two separate cars. We go in, we get into the little room. You give me the whole spiel beforehand. We give Caitlin the whole spiel. She knows what she has to do. Um, like, we, it's God's choice, yeah, we have you know, no influence, and I'm like, yeah, okay, Dad, I know. Yeah, but we all thought it was going to be a girl. I'm ready. <laughs> well, we get in there, and the woman asks us, she goes like, all right, I know the sex, do you want to know? We're like, absolutely. Yeah. She's like, it's a boy. So, <laughs> I, lo- I look over at Caitlin. Caitlin, even now, blonde hair, light skin. Her face was <laughs> almost as red as a tomato at this point. It turned beet red. And all of a sudden, the tears start pouring down her face. She, at the top of her lungs, starts screaming, No! Not another brother! I don't want one. No! I don't want one! Screaming as loud as she could scream. Which was pretty loud. So at that point, I'm, I'm kind of like half laughing. But I'm also a little sad because we lost our Emily and we thought it was going to be. That we thought we were gonna have an Emily, and it turned out to be a Brandon. Yeah, I was okay with it, and we've learned to love Brandon. We haven't sent them back oh, yet. Oh yeah, now he's But I, I start pulling her out of the room. I'm carrying her. She grabs onto the coat hanger in the corner of the room. She's holding onto it, almost vertical to the floor, or par- parallel to the floor. She's holding onto the coat hanger. I'm pulling her while she's screaming, still yelling, "No, no!" So I finally had to peel her hands off of the coat hanger. And I carry her down the hallway, screaming the hallway. I walk out the door. She's still screaming at the top of her lungs. So we get out to the car. I put her in the back seat. This okay. Is the best part. She this is the best part. So I put her in the back seat, I strap her into her seat, I get up front, and I adjust the rearview mirror and look back at her. She's got her thumb in her mouth and she's twirling her hair. She used to do that when she was little. Yes. So all of a sudden I'm like, honey, are you okay? I'm really sorry. She takes her thumb out of her mouth and looks at me and she goes, Daddy, I just need to go home for some private time. <laughs> and I stayed in my room for like three hours. Uh, so I brought her home. She did not go to daycare. And I put her up in her room and she was literally up in her room for like three hours, crying by herself. But then I think later that day you made peace with her, right? <laughs> I, or was I, it later on? No, I, I was kind of mad. But then he was born and I was just like, I'm 
Okay, he's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so. And, and now he's my favorite. He sleeps with me every night. Yeah, so. Brandon is almost 11 years old, and he still sleeps with Caitlin every night. Hey, Brian, welcome, man. Good to have you. Please, everybody, follow me. I need more followers, and I follow everybody back. And, Brian, if you stay in with us, let us know where you're from and what's going on. So, that was kind of a funny story. You know, um, we got a million of them. We've got, we know, I mean, fun. with four kids, you got a million stories. Now, something else about you. You're a nursing student. I can't remember. Did you tell me? Do you have a boyfriend? Are you married? I don't think you're married. No, she said she How about you, Sonia? What's that? She said she wasn't married. She wasn't married. Yeah, do you have a boyfriend? you dating anybody? Just kind of wondering if you have been. Are you thinking about a family someday in the future? Or are you kind of just enjoying the single life? You know, I, I do remember another story. What's that? <laughs> Is, um, you guys... Got any kids, Sonia? I can't remember. take down the crib for Ethan. Yeah. Like when Ethan was born. And I didn't completely understand when mom came in and she was like, all right, you, you ready to take down your cribs? So I was like, yeah, I thought we were doing something exciting. And then she started taking down my crib and I started screaming and crying. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? This is my crib and you're taking it down. Hey, Sally C. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very, very much. Now, Sonia, you may have told me, you know, I get a bunch of people coming through here. I remember your picture. Now, how old are your kids, Sonia? Just out of curiosity. And again, I'll probably ask you the next time you're on. I'm 52, and who knows? You know how it goes. I go into the next room, and I forget what I went for. Ah, you're not married, but you call him your husband. Nice. So uh, oh, what, that's what, that's <laughs> what, what does your boyfriend do? Is he in school also, or what's he doing? Oh! Oh, my goodness. No way. I don't think I knew that. I never would have put two and two together. <laughs> wow. So so you guys, not only are you mother and daughter, you guys, you guys podcast together. You're watching as a family. <laughs> that's so awesome. Wow. We're a family. So I'm here with my daughter, mother and daughter here with us. We're going to chat. I get to chat just like a family show. I love that. My heart is warm. Right? That is so cool. See, because I, I hope, again, my kids are getting older. I hope we always have a close relationship. I mean, I know that they may move and go in different directions, but they better be ready for the fact that if you're in Florida, you know, I'm going to fly down there unexpected and plan to stay with your family for like a month. Oh, my God. Yeah, your, your husband will love it, though, I'm sure. Just like we love it when Grandpa stays here. Oh, my here. God. And you're like... <laughs> You don't even talk to him, and you like go up to your room. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, we haven't talked much about my father-in-law. We, yeah. should, we should probably talk about him a little bit. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, the ringtone. Oh no! Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but we got to set the backstory about we gra do, we Grandpa. Do. Now, my father-in-law is the oldest of five boys. Okay. Now, if you know anything about Boston, he is from <laughs> Charlestown, which is right outside Boston. So, Grandpa and his four brothers are all tough city guys if you ever saw the town with ben affleck that's their hometown yep. you know cheryl said back in college she was watching the news at bu and one of her cousins got arrested for robbing a bank so you know got some tough tough family members on her mother's side her grandfather or actually i think it was yeah the, the grandfather was involved with the mob in charlestown the irish mob so pretty tough family now, the, my father-in-law is uh, 72 years old, and he and his brothers spent time in the same bars with, like, Whitey Bulger and his gang. Because isn't that fantastic? Right, you know, so it was fun. I heard one of them telling a story about that. You know, he talks really fast, and oh I, I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he kept saying, Stephen the Rifleman Flemmy, Stephen the Rifleman Flemmy. So finally, I was like, are you saying Stephen the Rifleman Flemmy? He's like, oh, yeah, I used to go drinking with him at the bar. So that's cool. My father-in-law... And his brothers used to hang out with Whitey Bulge's gang. So that's awesome to know. So I've always been that's very... terrifying to know. Well, I'm very nice to my wife because otherwise I could end up, you know, in a shallow grave someplace. Dead in a dish. In uh, East Boston or something like that. But he, my, my father-in-law, is a good guy. I mean, he cares about his grandchildren, you know, but 
He is probably a 72-year-old adult who is undiagnosed with Asperger's. Definitely. And he has no social skills whatsoever. And he is not the easiest guy in the long you know guy in the world to get along with. You know, he comes from a different generation. He is very proud to admit that he's racist. Oh, doesn't yes. have any problem throwing around select words and in we front all of my kids. Yell at him for it. We're all like, <laughs> you know, Walter, you can't say those things anymore. It's 2020. You know, you you can't do that stuff anymore. Me, Matt, Ethan, and Brandon are all like, Grandpa, you can't say yeah. that. So his four brothers are each is more loud and annoying than the next. Now I remember when I first met my wife. Uh, they were all in a campground for the summer. They have like a camper in New Hampshire. So I wasn't really part of a campground family. Her family did a lot of that. So we went to my father-in-law's 50th birthday party, okay? And you know, first time at the campground, they have a big family, and I thought that was kind of cool because I kind of have a small family. So we get there, and no more than me being there for an hour, my father-in-law, who wasn't my father-in-law yet, but started yelling and screaming, top of his lungs, swearing, racial slurs, yelling at people a couple of camp slights over because they had started a campfire, and he thought they were purposely blowing the smoke in our direction. So, so then once he started yelling, all of his brothers started yelling. <laughs> and they were all screaming, top of their lungs, fighting, screaming. And I remember just sitting back. And I kind of liked my girlfriend at the time. I mean, obviously I'm married and I have four kids with her. But I remember, you know, I kind of kept out of it because I really wasn't part of the family. That was the best decision. But I remember dropping my wife off later that day, getting in the car by myself, and thinking to myself, holy shit, I don't know if I can do this. But what have I gotten myself into? These people are fucking crazy. I mean, my wife was, you know, and, and really, when you look at the fact that she grew up in a very modest family. It's amazing. It's amazing that she became a doctor <laughs> with the lack of support. I mean, honestly, in our family, in her family, when you go to college, you're considered almost like the outcast you're of the family. You're considered an educated asshole. Her grandmother, who is... My kid's great-grandmother will call the educated members of the family educated assholes. Isn't that nice and supportive? <laughs> you know, we, we went to college. We did the right thing. We were trying to make ourselves, oh, yeah, Sonia, you heard it. The, the, the nanny of the family calls us educated assholes. So, you know, we take it in stride. And I think, it's what, just what, her. what was that the Christmas movie? The Christmas movie with Vince Vaughn. Four Christmases. <laughs> Remember, he went to his family's house. I don't know if any of you saw that movie. The movie was friggin' hysterical. But he's up on the roof trying to install the satellite dish yes. for his father. And they start making fun of him because he went to college. And I remember Vince Bond looks back and he goes, that's it. Mock me for being educated. <laughs> and like, that's how movie <laughs> Oh my God. That movie was that, so that is funny. My, that's like one of my top I love that movie. Remember that up on the roof? It's a vacation. Guys. Yeah. Up on the roof when they were mocking him. And he's like, that's it. Mock me because I'm educated. <laughs> that's kind of how we feel. <laughs> oh my God. The baby. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That was a great movie. Oh my God. That was... <laughs> that's my favorite too. Welcome to the Octagon, son. <laughs> I love that movie. So you know what my favorite part of that movie is, though, when Vince Vaughn goes up on stage to be part of the Nativity with Reese Witherspoon. Oh my God! Remember, and she forgets her lines, and he just owns it. <laughs> what did he say? You unfit mother! Swallow that baby, unfit mother! <laughs> oh my God! Literally, I, Joseph, will swallow this baby. <laughs> Don't hold it against her. She knows not what she's done. <laughs> She is. He's like 6'5", and she's oh like God, 5 feet tall or whatever. No, he's your height. He's your yeah, part. is he my height? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was he taller than me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Vince Vaughn's... My... Well, it's kind of funny. I'm 6'4", and my wife's 5 feet tall. 
So we look very similar. You are. Um, we are. We're pretty much the same, right? You're is she five feet tall? Is that what she is? I think she might be. I think she might be a little bit taller than mine. So we even look more. Yeah. So anyway, you know, fun, funny movie, and uh, you know, we were talking about that the other day. I mean, there are a lot of good movies out there. That's a great comedy. And you know what was really cool? I know I told some of you, I have an IMDb page. You're right, he's 6'5". I have an IMDb page, and I've been in five movies, two of them a Christmas movie. So if you haven't seen me, if you want to see what I look like, type up John DeVito on IMDb, and you'll see the big bald guy in the middle of a ski mountain in shorts. That's All actually right, Dad, me. It's actually the exact same height difference. Reese Witherspoon is 5'1", and Vince Vaughn is 6'5". It's the same height difference between the two of us. That's funny. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that part. Yeah, remember, you gotta get away from me. I'm gonna do it too. <laughs> it's so funny. Yes, that part's awesome. Also, when they're playing like the charade, doing over that game. Oh, yeah. About the, the guy there. Ding. Be- you best- don't have to keep digging. His best friend was dating his mother. You, uh. you can't be my friend and be dating my mom. <laughs> but anyway, I, I gotta tell you the story real quick. As I told you, I've been in five five movies, little small parts. Yeah. But I was in two Christmas movies, and now this was the coolest thing ever. I am a huge fan of It's a Wonderful Life. And this year, every year we buy a Christmas tree ornament. This year we actually bought a bell that was signed by Zuzu, the little girl in It's a Wonderful Life. And we put that on our tree, which was pretty that cool. That was pretty awesome. Wasn't that awesome? So anyway, one night, I think it was, I don't think it was last Christmas. I think it was the Christmas before. My Christmas movie, or one of the Christmas movies I was in, was on Lifetime. At the same time, It's a Wonderful Life was on one of the networks. So I'm sitting there looking at this movie that I've watched since I was a kid. And that's right. A movie with John DeVito is on the same time as a Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart. That was pretty awesome, right? (laughs) Now, do you remember? Silver screen. Do you remember the first movie I was in? You went to the premiere with us. Do you remember that? You were little. We sat behind Michael Copon in the movie theater. it's not called Boy Band, though, is it? No, it was Boy Band. They changed the name to Breakdance Academy. Yeah, but when we saw it, it was Boy Band. It was Boy Band. Yep. So you were... I was there, If for you guys that know, Michael Copon was in One Tree Hill, that old TV show. Um, Ryan Hansen, Ryan Pinkham, who else was there? Laura Breckenridge from Gossip Girls. I remember that um, Michael Copon's mother gave me Yeah, she was really nice. The mother was nice. So that was kind of cool. So... Yeah, yeah, we're big movie fans in this house. You know, Christmas movies, there's a lot of them that I love. Uh, but definitely Four Christmases is one that shot up to the top of my oh, list. Oh, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, check out one of the movies I was in on Lifetime. You'll see it probably this Christmas. It's called The Spirit of Christmas. And then there's the Marquis. It's really good. The Spirit of Christmas was about this, uh, this woman who was a real estate agent in New York City, and she had to sell this old inn or this old bed and breakfast that was in Massachusetts. So she drove up. And of course, it was haunted, and she met the ghost, and the ghost literally was the most handsome guy I've oh ever seen in God. person. <laughs> you, you, no, but honestly, you saw him in the movie. Yeah. His looks did not translate from in person into the movie. He was better looking in person. I mean, okay. <laughs> believe me again, I, I'm not gay, but Ryan Reynolds is one guy I might switch teams <laughs> for. The other one might be this guy. He was super hot. Oh, yeah. Super, no wrong with the handsome oh, he was a super hot guy. So, But anyway, he was, um, you know, it was a good movie. She obviously fell in love. With the ghost, but he only came back at Christmas time yeah, every so year. And, but it turned out into a murder mystery. He was killed. He couldn't remember what happened to him. Oh, yeah, so she helped him solve his own murder, which was kind of cool. And what was neat was there was one part where he disappeared into the wall, you know, during during the movie. Oh yeah, you told me. That yeah, before. and it was cool. I was actually watching to see how they did that. It was really cool. Like in the movie, he he kind of floats up and disappears. What they did was. They brought in like this wooden wooden ramp that he would walk up, and they had a curtain up on the wall that was the same color as 
not follow up, follow me. But the curtain was the same color as the wall. And um, so he would walk up this ramp, and when he walked up to the curtain, they would kind of blow a fan on it, and the curtain would move, and it made like a visual. So he jumped down, they made the curtain move, and then when they put it all together, it looked like the wall moved, but it was actually the curtain. And you just see it disappear into thin air. It was really cool to watch. I remember you, oh, they you did sent that. me a video of that. that yeah, was it was cool. awesome. Yeah. It was so cool to see that. And you couldn't waltz. I couldn't waltz. <laughs> I had, um, actually, if any of you watch Gossip Girls, uh, was it Blake Lively's father or the other girl? One of the girl's fathers, he was one of the dads in Gossip Girls. He actually taught me how to waltz on the set of this movie. I couldn't do it. I had to waltz in a ballroom dancing scene of a Christmas party, and I didn't know how to waltz. So here I am being taught by this, you know, fairly well-known movie star how to waltz, and the two of us are dancing together. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of funny. That's a moment. But I got a good dance partner, and it went well. But the other Christmas movie I was in was pretty good also. I was actually Bob the Hardware Store Manager in that you were movie. Mentioned. I was mentioned in that movie. It was called The March Sisters at Christmas. That's been on Lifetime, on Hallmark, and it's kind of like a modern version of like Little Women. And that was pretty good. Actually, Mom likes the Mark Sisters of Christmas better than the Spirit of Christmas. Personally, I like the Spirit of Christmas better. I yeah, I did too. But anyway, so yes, that's been. If you saw my IMDb page, you definitely see John DeVito in all his splendor. That was, uh, I think, January of this year. My kids were going snowboarding, and um, they wanted me to come up, come out and see them do tricks. I hadn't been planning on doing that. I was just going to drop them off. I was only wearing shorts, so I kind of look like a jackass at the mountain. Everyone else got hats and scarves and gloves and winter coats, and I'm and wearing shorts. And now you're walking out in your shorts like, hey! <laughs> well, if, you, if you look at that picture close up, there's a guy behind me skiing by me with all this stuff on. And here I am in my shorts. You're like, hey, who took that picture? Oh, my God. Hey, Chris Anthony and Entered, welcome back. Okay, that, that name is so clever, Entered. So I like that. Like entered, entered the, the library. library. I like that. <laughs> I love that. Hey, Chris, if you're new, please follow me and uh, let me know where you're from. I would like to hear you know, where you're at, what's going on in your life. We've been talking about a variety of different stuff. You know, We started off with the coronavirus, and we've just been rambling on about random things for like two hours right hours. now. <laughs> hey, no, no, there's one thing we didn't do, because I tend to oh, talk yeah. and get off tangent. I wanted happens. you to give everybody just a brief synopsis about number one, what your book, The Misfits, okay. is about on Wattpad, and what your book, The Choosing, is okay. about on Wattpad. So if you could do like a couple minutes on each book just to let them know. Okay. You don't have to read anything. But well, no, I'm not going to read anything. Yeah. I just want to see what I have for summaries. Yeah. So, yeah, she's going to read a little summary. But uh, So, Chris, if you're still with us, where are you from, man? You know, we've got some New Jersey people here. We've had people in from India today. It's been a pretty good show. We've had 60 people coming in and out of here tonight and or this afternoon. And quite frankly, this has been a two-hour show because I'm stalling. I don't want to go back to work. I've been emailing all morning. <laughs> I, don't I have to go back to work either. I know I have to go back to email, so I don't want to do that. So I might okay. keep this going for a little bit longer. All right, Caitlin's ready. She's going right. to give me a little synopsis first on The Misfits. Misfits. Right, this was her first Misfits. book, so go ahead, Caitlin. So The Misfits was obviously the first one I wrote. It started off pretty rough, but I've been going back and editing. So basically, what it's about is a bunch of kids that have superpowers but they don't really know it until they're transported to this island by a mysterious force where they all meet together and they're called the others and they all have to find each other and they have to stop some sort of force of evil so there is it gets written from all the characters points of view which there's six of them that i write from there's alex and zane who are twin brothers there is lynn who is a girl that they have lived with for a while but her parents got mysteriously killed when she was little. And there is Sammy, who came in 
that she was transported in. There was Thea, who was Sammy's boyfriend, who was also transported in. And then there is Drew and Thomas, who are both also transported in. So they all meet up and they have to figure out what they need to defeat and how. So that is the Misfits. I remember I read the very beginning of that. That book, if you get into that, literally the first few pages, you are gripped immediately because <laughs> it starts with authority right from the very beginning. Well, I find that it's, it's better to start with the action right away because people get bored if you start with long yep. restrictions. You just have to get right into you it. You hit people over the head with a hammer immediately well, in that what book. Was, what was my first few sentences? Let me, let me read oh, yeah. the first few. With few. the baseball bat, if I remember yes, correctly. You're yes, right. All right. With my knocking knuckles aligned on the bat, I swung repeatedly at the large old oak tree. As I swung, I thought of the ter terrible things I wanted to do to equally as terrible people. The weather, as always, reflected my mood, dark and gloomy. The words and lies of my once loved ones filled my cloudy, messed up head. The weather, once again, not failing to reflect my mood, acted up. Now pouring with flashes of lightning, I looked up at my now soaked and slightly scorched surroundings and thought, why me? Why now? All I wanted was to be a normal kid. But I knew that was never going to happen. Not now, not ever. And especially not to a misfit like me. There you go. So that's the first. That's the first paragraph. First paragraph of Caitlin's first book, yes. The Misfits. And obviously, you know, a pretty powerful start to the book. So she finished that one. And that was, you did that, what, two years ago? I, I think, think you were 13. And going into seven So you were 13 yeah. years old when you wrote that book. And now this latest one, The Choosing, you started that when you were 14. Yeah. And you're now wrapping it up. I'm getting 15. to the end, yeah. Now, how many pages is this book so far, oh roughly, God. The Choosing? I think probably around 250. 250 pages. Yeah. I think, like, what, 25 chapters somewhere in that ballpark? I think there's 23 right now. 23 chapters. <laughs> so why don't you tell them a little bit about The Choosing. All right. And um, you know, maybe read them the first paragraph yeah, of that yeah, book. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and do that? All right. So The Choosing is about this girl that lives in a dystopian society. Her name is... Evelyn. This reminds me of the Hunger Games, kind of. It is a little bit like the Hunger Games. It's kind of not, though. Okay, <laughs> so, so basically, she has to go through these things called the choosing and selection ceremonies, where she does the mental ability test, the personality test, and the physical ability test. She has to go through them, and they choose them for a sort of secret society um, that they will be in if they're chosen, which Evelyn very much so wants to get chosen because her parents are not very nice people. She doesn't really like living with them. So she wants to be chosen, but she starts to discover kind of bad things about the society. And it's all about her and another kid, um, Alistair. They're kind of discovering the secrets around the story. And more characters come in as it goes on, like Essence and Nova, you meet them. They are very influential into Evelyn's life. And there's a gigantic twist towards where I'm writing now that really makes you question the whole story. That's cool. Want to read maybe your first paragraph for this I book as well? That'd be great. Paragraph. I'd love to hear it. <clears throat> I yanked myself out of bed. Mixed feelings about what was about to happen filled me. It was like trying to decide whether I wanted to be burned alive or drowned. I couldn't wait to get into the world I lived in now, but I also didn't know what was going to happen next. These horrid thoughts continued to devour my head to the point where I could feel tears welling up. But I just ignored them and got dressed. It's not like anybody cared about what happened to me anyway. Whether I would get away from them was a different story, though. Today I was going to get chosen. Or I wasn't. That's it. All right. So that's very good. So that's uh, the second story that Caitlin's writing. And uh, yeah, I just want to give her a chance to read a little bit, a yeah. bit to all of you. And you know, we've had a bunch of people in, and we'll publish this afterwards. And actually, I noticed I'm getting quite a few downloads after the fact where people are listening. To these I, shows I, did, I need to figure out how to do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll downloading. I don't know. I, well, maybe, maybe you'll go today maybe. when we try to do it. But hey, look, I got point points today. 
Yay, someone gave me pod mean? points. I guess someone gave me some of those points. Oh, so that's cool. Did someone give me like a clap? Those ones are. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'll have to look at it and see I afterwards. I can see which ones. Yeah, this time, it looks like Ethan came in. Ethan, you want to take a seat and talk for a little bit with me? All right, why don't you go over and give Ethan a seat for a little bit? All right, Ethan, have a seat. Okay. We're going to probably do another 10 minutes or so on this. Oh, look, I got another gift. A clap. Yay. Wait, so how much? Are... Thank you, Joanna. Wait, so what about? All right, so we'll talk about that later. So, anyway, Ethan, you're here. Yes. Now, um, Ethan is 13 years old, as I think we've talked about. He is in seventh grade, yes. and he is quite a handsome young man. Really? And uh, if it, you know, well, handsome, maybe not in the most conventional term. <laughs> not talking about his face. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Ethan's got a lot of hair, so that makes me happy for him. Maybe he won't be a cue ball like his dad, which will be a good thing. Cue ball. You know, hey, that could popular. happen. It's that could happen. But so, so tell me, baseball. Yes. Ethan's a big baseball guy. Um, I know some of you may not be into baseball. We'll make this quick. But uh, are you looking forward to the baseball season, and do you think it's going to happen? I feel like travel is probably going to happen, but I don't think school team is going to happen because I feel like school's probably going to get canceled for the rest of the year due to the coronavirus. I hope not. I mean, I know that in yeah. Vermont it has been canceled. I know that in Kansas it has been canceled. In my opinion, I think that they were premature in making that call. I mean, granted things are bad now. And hopefully we're going to see this thing peak and start going down. But, I mean, there's definitely a chance. I mean, right now yeah, we're out definitely. until May 4th. There's a chance it may not happen. You know? Yeah, but I feel like it's the, the stats are kind of getting better. Like in Massachusetts, like they split down like the deaths in half. But it it's definitely like I hope that the baseball season still happens because, um, like, I really like playing baseball. It's my favorite sport. So, yeah, it's – I know. Now, Joanna, did you tell me – I can't remember. I've seen Isle, I guess. Where are you from, Joanna, again? Remind me. Let's see. I, you said I hope – not real quick. Once you said school might be out for the rest of the year. <laughs> You're damn right I said. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. So, I mean, honest to God, I don't know if I could survive. That's right, jo Joanna, New Jersey. But I don't know if I could survive uh, until September. I couldn't know? survive. No. I mean, I already have a plan. If I find out that the kids – are going to be off until September, I can get up on the roof of my house and I am literally going to do a swan dive into the driveway. A swan dive? I'm going to end it. A swan dive, you know, it, it may not be beautiful, yeah. um, but I, I can't take it. I, yeah, cannot, I can't wait until September. I'm not going to survive it. Dad, if yes. you're going to do a swan dive in the driveway, why can't you do one into the pool? Um, I, I will do that. But if I do a swan dive into the pool, I won't survive. Yeah, that's also true. I actually used to do swan dives in Grampy's pool. He had a nice diving board. I used to do good ones. I was a pretty good diver back I in the day. I want to see your swan dive. <laughs> I want to see a swan dive. I think yeah, right I think now my swan my swan dive would be more like a whale dive. <laughs> uh, Cannonball. Well, did you detonate what happened to me last year? No. You're off my cord. You're on my oh, cord. La last summer, this was very embarrassing. And this is completely a true story. This happened. All right. I was at the beach. Okay, I was at Hampton Beach in New Hampshire, one of my favorite beaches. And yes. sometimes when I want to get away from my annoying children, hey. sorry, not you, of course, my other yeah, annoying children. Just, just so anyway, I go to the beach by myself and I put down a little blanket. You know, I was laying there getting some private time at the <laughs> beach, getting some sun. And all of a sudden I'm sleeping and I feel someone pushing on my back. I didn't know what the hell was going on. So this this person was strong. They pushed me, and I rolled into the water. <laughs> so I, I wake up. I'm in the water. A wave crashed over me. Hey, what's up, Hassan? So a wave crashed over me, and I wake up, and I turn, and it was a little boy and a little girl. And I, I looked at both of them and said, 
why'd you push me into the water? Why, I mean, why would you do that? And the little girl looked at me and said, oh, Mr. I'm really sorry, but I thought you were a beached whale. <laughs> I felt really bad. So, I mean, you know, again, I mean, I know I don't look maybe as good as I used to with my shirt off, but to get pushed in the whale, pushed in the water and be, you know, called a beach whale, that kind of hurt my feelings. So I went home. I had a slim fast that <laughs> afternoon from lunch, right before I ate a large pizza for dinner. So, uh, <laughs> Your story. So, yeah, I know. All right. Maybe that one isn't true, but. I've dreamt that it could be true. So I don't know. <laughs> so someone just said, what is this podcast about? It's I about think. whatever you want it to be. I don't like to drive the topics. I mean, you know, everyone's talking about the coronavirus. I think we're all sick of the coronavirus. I've given my stats. I've told my theory earlier on the show. Very quickly, I'm pissed off at China. They lied about where this thing started. It did not happen in the wet market in Wuhan, China. This thing started in the two biotech companies that were located yes. near the wet market where they were doing experiments on the same bats that caused this disease. Yeah. Where so, are you from, bro? brother, I am from Boston, and that's not actually true. I'm about an hour west <laughs> of Boston, <laughs> but more people know Boston than they actually know Massachusetts. They're, they're not going to know what we're going to say. Yeah, so I'm from, I'm from an hour west of Boston. How about you, brother? Where are you from? I like your hat and your your beard in that uh, oh, yeah. picture. You know, that, like a nice, it's actually a profile picture. Yeah, my my oldest son Matt <laughs> tried to grow a beard recently. He's seventeen. No, but do you get the he, joke? He, what? It's a profile picture. I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, you're from India. <laughs> I have a lot of people that check in from India, yeah. so I understand that you're in a complete lockdown in India. Correct? How is that? And make sure you follow me, everybody that's new. Please follow me. I will follow you all back, okay? Because be I want terrifying. you to come back and see my shows. But yeah, how's it been in India? I mean, but you know, it must be hard being locked in. But your country's numbers—you had a lot fewer cases than than the United States. So obviously, what you're doing? <laughs> Sorry, I saw your Joanna's post. Um, but obviously, what you're doing is working. In the United States, we're leading the world in diagnosed cases. So, oh, it's got how how long have you been home for? I mean, at least here we can go for a ride in the car. You know, we can go out and do something, go for a walk with our dogs. I had someone else from India telling me that they are literally, you know, stuck in their apartment. They and if they go outside, water. you get arrested, which is crazy. Hey, Melissa, welcome. Please follow me and let me know where you're from. I'll follow you back. Um, yeah, that's crazy stuff in India. But anyway, to tell you a story, my 17-year-old son wanted to grow a beard for the latest play he was in. And he's 17, and he grew he grew this beard for like three months. And beard. honestly, it was the worst beard I it's have ever terrible. seen in my life. It looked like, like if you know football, it looked like a football chin strap. <laughs> it just went from one ear underneath his neck and back up to the other ear. It didn't cover the front of his face. He had no mustache. The not so much five o'clock show. Oh, my God. He looked like the biggest redneck I've ever seen for my life. <laughs> he looked like he was about to go start chopping down trees at our yard. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen Deliverance? He could have been in Deliverance. <laughs> you know, it was just horrible. And again, Deliverance, man, if you haven't seen that movie, go back and watch that. But he Kinda thought it creepy. was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. yeah he's like, we're like, Matt, you should shave that. He's like, he's like, no, 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 no. No, I need it for the play. Horrible beard. Like, no, horrible. you don't, Matt. No, you don't. So anyway, yeah. Hey, man, I'm, so, I'm sorry you're stuck inside in India. But, I mean, you know, we're dealing with a lot of it here where, you know, the schools are closed, businesses are closed, but we are not locked in yet. Maybe we should have been, and maybe this thing would have been not as uh, not as bad as it had been. I know. I know. The money is hard. You know, people I, – I was talking about money earlier in the stock market, and I had someone kind of shoot me down kind of quickly, and I get it. 
I mean, life is more important. To me, that's an obvious statement. It's not something we even have to debate that. I mean, obviously, people living is by far the most important thing oh, that we have to deal 1, with. However, when the economy goes south and everyone loses their jobs and nobody has money and people are going to lose their homes and people are going to lose their apartments, they're going to be out on the street. And people like single parents. And when people can't afford to buy food. I mean, how many children are going to suffer by being homeless? How many children are going to starve? You know, so there are two sides to it. When I get that we have to lock down because of the economy, but if we have the next Great Depression because of this, then we're screwed economically for five years, for 10 years, and it's going to be hard, you know? Um, now I can feel how wild, yeah, you're right. Wild animals, man, I've thought about that a lot. You know, we live in the woods where I live, and I don't know how they survive being out in the woods like they do. Yesterday, we went fishing. Oh, for the yeah. third time this week. We caught something, though, we guys. Caught, we caught a four-inch sunfish. It's better than nothing. Well, we couldn't even eat it, though. I mean, if we, if we were fishing to feed ourselves, we'd, we'd starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we can go to the supermarket and buy food. You know, because if we were on our own, I think we'd be shit out of luck, quite honestly. You know? Yeah. But, uh, hey, man, I, I hope things get better for you in India. You know, in the U.S., we're having a really hard time. We've got some people on here from New Jersey. We've had people on from New York. You know, we have a lot of deaths in, our, in our country. that skunk. Yeah, I know. We have a big fat skunk that lives in our backyard. He's so slow. I think we can catch him. No, and he's. Have you seen him? He's, he's huge. huge. He's I know huge. He, is. No, we, like, we have a, he must be the only skunk. We have a skunk in our backyard, and our stupid dog has been skunked at least ten times by the same skunk. I mean, we every time he comes in, like with his head down, he knows he did something stupid, and you look at him and go, "Dude, how many times do you have to get sprayed?" <laughs> Before you realize, you need to stay away from the skunk. Yeah, and it's skunk a big fat dumb skunk. I mean, honestly, that skunk must weigh fifty pounds. He it's is so big. I think he might. Um, he might rival Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He's he's a big ass skunk. Yeah, I, I've seen him a couple of times. I've kept my distance, but yeah. uh, our stupid dog will so not bad. stay away from him. You know. Yeah, and he's slow. Our, our dog so is just bad. so dumb. Like, what is Brady doing? Like, Molly doesn't, doesn't get skunk. No, Molly doesn't get skunk, and she's stupid. All right, everybody, listen. We uh, how do you spend? Okay, how do you spend most of the most of your time? Well. I'm busy. Like, I don't know what your life circumstance is, but I'm a married father. My wife is actually a doctor. And for all you guys that have heard this before, I apologize for repeating. But my wife's a doctor, so she's working crazy hours. I have four kids, 17, 15, 13, and almost 11. So while my wife's working, my company shut down operations. So I'm still employed. I'm still getting paid, thank God, for the time being. But, you know, I'm home with my four kids. So I'm trying to work during the day. And, of course, doing something more important, which is this podcast. <laughs> but I'm working during the day. And thank God I have a brilliant daughter that can help her brothers yes, with the yes, schooling. I so know. we get four kids who are home doing their school. My oldest son has autism. So we're doing a lot of that. I'm working, spending time with the kids. But when we do go outside, you know, we have a big yard, so we're lucky. We you know, were playing a little baseball in the backyard yesterday, maybe shoot some baskets in the driveway. The trail. We're able to go – uh, oh no, I'm an old man, man. I'm 52 years old. And I just knocked my boom thing off my microphone. I'm such a professional. I need a producer. But um, you know, I'm 52 years old. My wife's 45. Uh, I may sound young, but it's just because I'm immature. That's that's all. <laughs> I'm yeah, immature. That's for sure. So hey, please, I have some new people in. Follow me, please. I need you followers. Are so lucky. So Pad G D, please follow me. Oh yeah, I hope you're lucky. I mean, I hope I'm not boring the crap out of you. I probably am, but um. I bore the crap out of myself. I, I, you know, we're, we're not all that exciting, but I'm trying to at least yeah, uh, 
But, you know, f- for us, I mean, we're born out of our skulls, honestly. You know, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, we're super bored. And, you know, we did go fishing yesterday. We, what else have we done? What else have we done? We've uh, done, we haven't done much, I mean, honestly. We were, we were going to go up to the field and hit today. Yeah, we might go up to the baseball field and do some hitting today. Oh, well, we've been walking on like the rail trail. Like, I mean, so I've, been a, I've been up to the basketball hoops, but now they tape them closed. Did so they tape them closed? Yeah, I didn't they, realize they, that. Yeah, no oh one can use them. Wow, you can't even use yeah, those. Yeah, because I was walking Brady yesterday. Can you go in the park yet? Uh, they yeah, probably have that shot too, right? The park. I don't know. I was just walking Brady around. The yeah, so we, we've been walking in the woods. How, not long, my friend. This is my second full week of doing this. I think I've been pretty, I mean, I've been pretty lucky where I've got like, Maybe fifty ready. So you know, I'm I'm new at doing this, but way back in the day, I was a broadcasting major in college, and I never used my degree. I ended up getting into sales, and that's what I did for my entire career. So they took them down over here. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've been doing it for about a week. I love the app. In addition to being on, I've enjoyed listening to some of the other podcasts. Yeah, they're interesting. Yeah, I've been listening to was it the Ralph Williams podcast? I kind of like him. I've been listening to like murder. Yeah, he's got a ton of <laughs> a ton of followers. You know, of course, I'm listening to the murder ones. Like, yeah. what else would I be characterized as? What was it? I, I, I tuned into one this morning and I was listening. And, man, this guy was just talking about boozing and whatever else. I mean, and, that's uh, like the good thing about this app. You can talk about whatever you want about. Yeah, I did actually. You know, for me, you know, I was never going to be a professional actor. But for me, it was fun. You know, I got to, I get up with this group. And the way, the way it works is there was this woman that was doing a movie in my area. And she was looking, it was a low-budget movie. She was looking for football players. So I was, you know, in my early 30s at the time, and I was no longer a football player. I had played in college. And when I say football, you know, American football, not soccer, as we call it. And I know it's football in Europe. But I played, I was, I was an American football player. And so I called the number because I, I acted in college a little bit, and I wanted to try it. So I remember I called the producer, got her on the phone, and told her, you know, I had coached football, played football, and she invited me in. So I went in, and eh, that's not for me. One of my sons wants to do it, but um, that's not for me. For me, it was more fun. So I went in, and I got cast as a football coach in that first movie, and it was about um, <laughs> a high school football player who quit the football team to start the first ever boy band before New Kids on the Block. And they were a terrible boy band. It was really kind of a funny movie. I think you could probably find it somewhere on like Netflix or something like that. Or well, Hulu. now it's called Breakdance Academy. Now, now it's called Breakdance Academy is the name of it. It was yeah. kind of funny. Um, then I, I was in a movie about a school shooting with, if you watched High School Musical, the Coach Bolton, who was that. He was the star of the movie and his wife who was the sister of Blake Lively, Robin Lively, was in that movie. And I got to eat lunch with them every day. And I was one of the cops in that that helped, uh, you know, stop the school shooting. And I was in a scene with just myself, another cop, and the main star, which was kind of cool, where I had to storm the library and clear it. And, uh, yeah, right now, it's probably pretty late for you in India, I imagine. It's 3.20 in the afternoon here. What time is it where you're at? You must be, what, probably 8.30, 9.30, sometime around there. I'm not sure the time difference between America and India. I know I think are just sitting here yeah, playing with his hands. But it must be pretty late for you. So we're, we're still in the middle of the afternoon right now. Oh, yeah. But no, acting's been fun. I've done a, done a few. My daughter and my son, my oldest two, both like to act. They've yes. been in a bunch of plays. And, uh, you know, it's a real hard business. A new name there, Pawan. Hey, Pawan, please follow me. It is 3.20 p.m. here. Oh, is it that late? Oh my wow. God. Yeah, you've been on this for two hours. Boy, you need to Look at sleep. that. I didn't realize it was that late in India, man. You got to go to bed. What are you doing up so late? Good well, I guess, night, you know honey. what, though? If you're like me, my sleep patterns have completely changed. Me too. Usually, I'll be in bed by 10 p.m. and I'll be up at like 5 or 6 in the morning. Right now, last night, what time did we go to bed? 1 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, 1 o'clock. We've been, we've been binge watching okay. horror series. 
So I think I went to bed at one and woke up at like nine or something. Yeah, I should watch more of that. My day. sleep habits <laughs> changed too. I can't fall asleep. Oh, I, I hey Sue, like welcome. Let me know where you're from. Pawan, same with you. Let me know where you're from. Let me know what you want to talk about. And you know what? I haven't done a cheer in a while. No. I'm gonna put my cheer okay. back on. Oh, oh another person from India. Yeah, no one's sleeping in India. Right? Goodness, no one's sleeping. I, it, uh, I, I can't say his name. Ishant is also from India, and he's saying it's 12:53. In the morning, or something. <laughs> so you. I'm going to be responsible for you being tired. Oh, look at Ethiopia. that, hero! That's awesome. Ethiopia. Now I got to give you an extra cheer for that. That's super cool. That's super cool. How are things going in Ethiopia right now? 4:25 p.m. or a.m. Is that a.m. in the morning or yeah? We have no idea. We're dumb. We're dumb Americans. We only know what's going on in our country. So you're from the East Coast. Where about? That's where we're from. I'm from an hour west of Boston. So nighttime. Okay. Right. Okay. So not early. Yeah. Not okay. It's not too, too bad. So anyway, I've never been to, I've never been to Africa and we were just talking about that. My yeah, wife that and I were awesome. saying how much we'd love to go to South Africa. I actually like to go see some, a, a few different countries. I actually like to go to like Egypt and places like that. That's but cool. Ethiopia, I, I've actually read about Ethiopia, but I've never been there. Don't come that. to Ethiopia. <laughs> no, it's not good. Are you from, have you been to Ethiopia your whole life? Well, What's it like to live there? So one one a.m. Paul Wanham, you guys are hardcore. Well, you know, if there's any reason to stay up at one o'clock in the morning, it's it would definitely, definitely be the John DeVito podcast. I mean, we're fantastic, along with Caitlin and Ethan right now yeah, joining me in the studio. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, please everybody that's here, please follow me, follow my show, and I follow everybody back. I appreciate it. I'm trying to build uh, some followers. I request you one thing. What is it? Let's see. Tell us. I request you one thing. Yeah, let me know. What's up? I'll answer any Fire questions away. you have. Please follow me up. Fire away, and I'll answer any questions you have. And if I don't know the answer, I will lie. <clears throat> yeah, I know you guys are in lockdown. I, th we I th are too. I think probably from other countries. You know, I'm in the U.S., but the most people have called me from India. I had a few people on the air with me, and I've heard that you're in lockdown and you cannot leave your flat or your house, or they will arrest you. You know, so that's uh, that's crazy stuff. But I mean, the good news is I was looking at the stats. Mumbai. I mean, India has not had nearly as many people contract the disease and it hasn't had nearly as many people, you know, die from the so disease. Oh, you're from Mumbai. Cool. Oh, but another cheer, man. We have, this is the coolest it's thing so ever. Diverse. We have people from all over. Everybody, I'm, I'm glad I made your night good. Hey, make sure you tune back in. You know, get some sleep. You need to get some sleep for tomorrow. So if you tune out, I won't hold them against you. You can definitely watch the rest of this yeah, afterwards. But definitely come back and we'll, we'll uh, chat again. I'm going to do quite a few of these. This is a, no, it can't have that many. Let me look at my stats here. Are you like are you saying people or cases? Of yeah, I can't have that many cases, but I'll have to look through my stats yeah, and stuff like that. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that, man. That's really thoughtful of you to say that. You know, we're having a good time doing this. Oh, 100, okay. So it's a big all right. So that's a lot of people. It's a big place. I was yeah. like, that is a lot of coronavirus cases. That is a lot if you think about that. that I mean, the, the United States has what 330 million yeah. or 370 million. So I didn't realize that's that many big. people live there. Yeah, that's amazing. Ethiopia is wow. kind of small. Is it smaller geographically than the US? Yeah, way smaller. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people in a small area. Wow. Do, do you have a lot of the coronavirus right now? How many countries have I been to? Not 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 that many. I mean, I've been to, you know, the, the local well, countries, like obviously the U.S., I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico, I've been to Germany, I've been to France, and I've been to the Netherlands. Good. We were actually going to be going on our honeymoon to Italy, but then we got married right after 9-11 and we had to cancel. So we actually have some plans over the next couple of years yes. of hopefully going to the U.K. We'd like to go to... Uh, maybe Spain. We've talked about. Me and Ethan haven't we, been anywhere. Yeah, you haven't been anywhere. We'd like to. We'd like to go Spain to Italy, schools. and you guys maybe take you guys to France, 
And then I, I would really yeah. like to go to Africa. I'd like to go to maybe I South wanna, Africa or I someplace. Go to Africa, so. But you know, it costs money too. So if I don't have a job, <laughs> we'll see how that all pans out. Spain's but, really cool because it has a bunch of castles there. Well, I, th I think what we might do next summer, we've talked about maybe doing the UK, Paris, and maybe Italy, okay. and take the train and do all that Coliseum. stuff and, and just kind of experience it. You know, yeah, we like to see all that. But you know, it's India, I've never been. Cool. I would actually like to go. I don't know if I'll get there or not. Yeah, Jerusalem. Oh, Wouldn't that be awesome? Really cool. That would be very cool. That would be an amazing trip to go see that. I mean, I'd love to see the pyramids someday. You yes. know, to me, see, seeing the Sphinx and the pyramids would be amazing. That would be so cool. Once in a lifetime experience to see that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Bosco Tech, welcome. Entered, welcome back. So, what do you think? The pyramids, who built them? Ancient workers or aliens? What do you think? <laughs> Come on. I mean, honestly, you know, you look at the pyramids. Yeah, it, 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 really I, Jerusalem would be amazing. It really would be. I mean, I hope you get to go there and maybe someday. I don't know if there'll be a place I ever go with, with you guys, but maybe me and mom someday. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we can't, well, you know how much money all that stuff costs? Yeah, we can't buy it, so all those places. But yeah. Um, yeah, this has been a great show. I hope all of you come back. We're a little over two hours, so I'm going to probably end this Jeez, in a couple I of minutes. Yeah, no, two hours, 11 minutes we've been on. I got work I have to still do with two, three, me thirty too. in the afternoon. So listen, we're going to have to log off. Everybody, thank you so much for a wonderful show. Everyone, please be safe. If you go outside, if you can go outside, wear a mask, you know, take this thing seriously. It's dangerous. It's something that can take your life. I mean, don't panic, but be safe when you go out. Take the precautions that you need to, and please come back and join us next time. So thank you very much. I will get on now. I will follow everybody back. I will publish this show in case anybody wants to listen to it after the fact or share it with anybody. All right. Thank you so much. I love you all. Be safe. And we'll be back on the air soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now.